Welcome, everyone, to the PFF Fantasy Podcast, IDP edition. I'm your host, John Macri, fantasy analyst here at PFF. It's Thanksgiving week, at, at least in America. Anyways, we here in Canada celebrated our Thanksgiving in October because we like to be different, I guess. Um, but since it's American Thanksgiving, I had to have one of my favorite Americans, who I'm very thankful was able to make some time in his busy schedule to come on the show today from FantasyPoints.com. He is the legendary Justin Varnes. Justin, how are you today, my friend? John, doing well, man. Thanks for having me on. Uh, yeah, always a busy time, but it's actually, you know, as busy it is for you and I, it's just awesome for football fans. You know, this week we not only have three matchups, you know, as usual on Thanksgiving Day, but we got this cool Friday matchup uh, at Miami, which is going to be fun. So it's nice to get the football to spread out a little bit. It's late, way easier to keep track of your fantasy teams if there's not 14 matchups all happening at the same, you know, four or five hour block. So we'll take it. We'll take the spread out, even if that means more work for you and i we're here to sacrifice for our people yeah it definitely it always means more work as these games are kind of spread out on on more days but uh it's still fun it's fun to get kind of more island games and like you said we get to kind of focus on our uh, our fantasy teams and, and betting a little bit more um so that's always fun as the nfl tries to dominate all of the holidays um because why not <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah I'm, I'm excited to get into this man we got no bye weeks this week um so again we're gonna go game by game we got the timestamps; they'll be in the episode description as well so people can jump around to find the games they're looking for um, but we're going to cover like main storylines or focus on like favorite least favorite matchups for every team as well um, we'll have the matchup based visuals for the youtube crowd and and if you are on the youtube don't forget to like and subscribe while you're here that also helps me a, a ton and i really appreciate that um, and then yeah happy to answer start sit questions and interact with folks in the youtube comments as well i'll check in there throughout the week so feel free to ask questions jump in the comments below um, and then i'll also have the link to my idp rankings on pff.com and the link to the pff IDP fantasy report uh, in the episode description as well. All right, one last quick piece of business here. We do have to give a quick shout out to our presenting sponsor, Fabric by Gerber Life. Fall is all about the back to school and back to routine checklist. And the most important task on that list should be securing your family's financial future, starting with life insurance. Fabric by Gerber Life makes it quick, easy, and affordable to protect your family so you can get back to enjoying life. Fabric was designed by parents for parents to help you get a high quality, surprisingly affordable term life insurance policy in less than 10 minutes. Fabric has flexible policies that fit your family and your budget with quality policies like a million dollars in coverage for less than a dollar a day. Get your personalized quote in just minutes and then apply when it's convenient for you. It's all online and your, on your schedule. You could go from start to covered in less than 10 minutes with no health exam required. Join the thousands of parents who trust Fabric to protect their family. Apply today in just minutes at meetfabric.com slash fantasy. That's meetfabric.com slash fantasy. M-E-E-T fabric.com slash fantasy. Policies issued by Western Southern Life Assurance Company. Not available in certain states. Prices subject to underwriting and health questions. All right, Justin, let's get things started here with the first game of the week, Thursday afternoon on Thanksgiving. It is the Green Bay Packers at the Detroit Lions. Uh, where do you want to start off with this game? Well, let's start off on uh, by discussing what a different matchup this is than it would than it has been in the plenty of years uh, prior. This this Green Bay offense is was already sluggish and slow and not producing much for IDP uh, um, uh, production. But you know, when, once you remove Aaron Jones, I think it's going to be even worse. I'm really concerned about the Detroit Lions linebackers. I mean, as it is now, the Packers are already bad uh, in terms of producing snaps and, and tackles, particularly to the, to the linebackers. Uh, but with their running game, obviously taking a big hit here, how, how do you think this is going to impact Alex Anzalone and Jack Campbell? 
Yeah, so unfortunately, um, I don't have Jack Campbell even ranked this week. Um, that's how bad it's gotten over there for him. It, like his, his snaps have dropped, right? He dropped to 61% yeah. of snaps this past week, and it's been kind of steadily falling. And Derek Barnes took over as their LB2 there. He played, I think, 95% of the snaps in, in week 11, I guess it was now. And yeah, not not overly high on him either. Like you said, the matchup isn't great. Um, Packers allowing the 30th most tackles to linebacker position, so third fewest there. And Alex Anzalone, he's been solid all year, um, surprisingly. But I, again, he still has that tendency to be inefficient, so I have him as like LB30 this week, so he's a little bit lower for me as well. Yeah, I mean... I if, if you play dynasty, I, I'm not hitting the panic button on Jack Campbell at all. I mean, right. we've seen it time and time and time again, particularly for a position as complicated as linebacker. Uh, sometimes it just takes a year or two. And uh, Anzalone has been running that defense for a while. Um, and, you know, we've talked ad nauseum about how he continues to be the every down player there. Um, but, you know, look, that offense is, I mean, sorry, excuse me, that defense is really humming right along. So it's, it's, to me, I feel like it's more like it's going really well for them and they just don't have the need to force a rookie into a, a lot of act, action. Mm -hmm. So I think it'll, it'll take a, a, a year or two, um, probably just this this year uh, as a little transition. But um, so dynasty wise, I'm worried. But yeah, I've been I've been sitting him for a while um, now. Uh, the Packers. They have been throwing the ball at least a little bit more. That's helped. That's helped some safety stuff. Um, one of the players I'm I'm focused on. And I want to get your opinion on uh, John is Brian Branch. Uh, their their hybrid corner, slot corner slash safety. He's he's moved around a, a little bit more uh, mm -hmm. lately, um, but the Packers do not uh, produce a ton of, of activity. Do you see Brian Branch having one of those six seven tackle games, or do you think he's going to fall a little short of that this week? Yeah, I, I guess I'm I'm hopeful that he can get back in that range because I, I have him like outside of the top 12 safety. So safety 16 or so for me. Um, so like a mid-range safety too. But, but he's he's found ways to be productive and, and have some bigger games. But yeah, like you said, it, it's kind of like a neutral matchup as far as safeties go. And and he's he's been more of like a, a slot corner more than anything. But like like you said, recently he's been moving around quite a bit as well. So he, he's not like your typical safety. He's not your typical corner. He's just kind of been moving around the defense, getting some different alignments there. He had like 20% of his snaps in the box last week as well, which was cool to see. So um, yeah, I, I guess I have faith in Brian Branch. More of a safety too for me um, this week. Yeah, same thing. I mean, he he played a decent amount of snaps on the defensive line last week too. I mean, he they, they are moving him around. They're keeping him, you know, within ten yards of the line of scrimmage. Uh, and uh, you know, somebody's got to somebody has to move the ball there in Green Bay. And I just think where he plays and how they use him. We've seen this before with other safeties and DBs where uh, the you know, the defenses can kind of be set up to to leave a player or two. Uh, you know, as more of a spy or a rover, you know, um, and often that's linebackers, but but I think they're using Branch a little bit more in that way. So because of that, I think he's got a, a fairly high tackle floor. I'm not, you know, I think it caps his ceiling this week more than it does his tackle floor. You know, I've got him, I've got him basically between six and seven tackles. So I'm still okay using him. If he has a slow week is one thing I always say, like, you know, some of these players, if they have a slow week and you know that it's a bad matchup, you can just brush it off and, and fire them back up next week. And that's that's what I think we're going to see some from the these Detroit IDPs, a little lowered production. And that's OK. We'll move on to a better matchup next week.
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you don't panic on these guys um, after one down week, especially at the defensive back position. If you really, you, you know, if the production's been consistent for them all year, there's bound to be some down weeks for uh, for these guys. It is a volatile position after all. And then the only other thing I had for the Lions, at least, was Aiden Hutchinson, um, who's been really solid all year, but draws a tougher matchup this week against um, Zach Tom, uh, the, the right tackle, I believe, there for, for the Green Bay Packers. 74.4 pass blocking grade for him. Jordan Love has been like around average as far as taking um, turning pressures into sacks. So I, I, I still have Hutchinson like as edge 10, but a little bit lower than where where I've typically had him because he's still got the playing time, still has the pass rush metrics, but a little bit of a tougher matchup. Like you said, really all around for this for this Detroit um, defense. Do you see anything on the uh, for the for the Green Bay IDPs that look good this week? Yeah, so for Green Bay, I guess, I mean, starting with the linebackers, the Lions given up the fifth most tackles per game to the linebacker position, which we obviously love for, for somebody like a Quay Walker, uh, for example. So I have him as LB12 this week. Devondre Campbell is questionable. So he left last game or, yeah, left last game, I think. Yep. Or, yeah, shoulder um, stinger, yeah. That's right. So we don't know if he's going to play. And obviously with it being a short week, that always makes it a little bit trickier. But if Devondre Campbell can't go, then really like Isaiah McDuffie to kind of step in there. He's been really efficient um, th this season. I think he's 16.8% tackle efficiency, which is fourth among linebackers who have played at least 25% of snaps. So if for whatever, if Campbell isn't able to go, I think McDuffie is one of those players that we need to pick up and, and, and plug into the lineups this week. Yeah, and uh, for those of you in the betting world, between that uh, questionable um, uh, roster move there and the same thing with Darnell Savage, I know he's been designated to return from IR and Jonathan Owens has been starting in, in his place. Uh, these are, you know, these might come down to the wire, but but I'm looking for when these betting lines uh, open up for, for both of these positions um, because I, I think both the linebackers and safeties have a pretty good matchup here. It's just a matter of which of these guys will be out there. So, um, you know, whether it's Campbell or McDuffie at linebacker or whether it's Owens or Savage at safety, I'm, I'm, I'm confident that those two positions in general will probably fare pretty well this week. Um, again, the, the, you know, it's these combinations of, of Green Bay has a slow offense. Their pace is, it, you know, it is, I think it's worse than the league at this point. They're not productive and Detroit has a great, um, defense. So that's probably going to keep Green Bay's IDPs on the field a ton. And I definitely want to get a little bit of that action. Uh, I also like, um, I tell you, a guy I've been, I've been using a lot lately is there's, is their slot corner, Keyshawn Nixon. Uh, he's got, a, uh, you know, he's somebody that has kind of similar to what we're talking about with Brian Branch. We'll talk about it more with uh, Kansas City's Trent McDuffie. Uh, they, their role just keeps them around the line of scrimmage. I know it's not a great matchup uh, for Green Bay's uh, cornerbacks, but Keyshawn Nixon is another guy. I think not a high ceiling, but 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 a higher floor than than it may seem heading into this matchup. Nice. Yeah. Love that. And then the, the other piece here, it will be a fun matchup to watch um, is Rashawn Gary versus Penny Sewell. Um, Penny Sewell, 81.8 pass blocking grade, which is eighth best among offensive tackles. He hasn't allowed a sack all year. Jared Goff, also one of the best at avoiding sacks this season, 13.5% pressure to sack conversion rate. So tougher matchup here for Rashawn Gary, who we're very excited about that he was playing coming off that ACL and was dominant and, and it's kind of slowed down here a little bit as that playing time has gone up but did get a sack last week so it's going to be tougher for him this week he's not uh necessarily like a must start for me this week against the the lions 
Yeah, same same here. Uh, he it's just great to see him back playing again. But uh, particularly with these um, uh, these you know O line D line matchups, it's, it's one of the ones where particularly if we if they're not getting moved around a lot, like for example, Cleveland's uh, defensive line they they move around like crazy chess pieces. So it's hard to like zero in on a particular matchup. I don't think Gary moves around that much. So if it looks like a bad matchup, it more 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 often than not, you know, you're just. Uh, getting a sack is already such a volatile um, uh, statistic to, to to rack up, but when when the odds are stacked against you, and particularly if you have other pass rushers, you might be able to throw in there. This might be a week to shy away from Gary. Absolutely. Um, all right, let's move on to the second uh, Thanksgiving game of the week, and it is the Washington Commanders at the Dallas Cowboys. And let's start with let's start with the Cowboys linebackers because I feel like. This group again. We were. I was down on them last week. I, I'm still not fully ready to trust them. Uh, Marquise Bell, we saw had had his snaps drop significantly in Week Ten. Went right back up here in Week Eleven. So, like the idea of Marquise Bell, especially with the like DB designation and the safety designation, playing linebacker, but it's not necessarily a full time role. Not one of the better matchups here. So, I'm kind of like on the fence about Marquise Bell. So I, I don't know. I do. You, do you feel any better about him? I'm not overly excited about him until I see some consistency there, basically. Well, this whole, I mean, I, I think there's two factors here. The, the whole, how, how, um, how Dan Quinn is shifting their, their safeties and linebackers around. It seems like every week he's, he's retooling that, uh, which is, which is great for the Dallas defense, but terrible if you're hoping to have at least one player to, to rely on. I mean, you no, know, cause Marquise Bell is basically a safety. So if you count the other three safeties that they use, you know, you know um, I know he's functioning as a linebacker, but in Dan Quinn's mind, he's, he's got all of these chest pieces. He can constantly move them around that alone creates a lot of volatility that makes it hard to to rely on the other factor is you know you talked about the, those lowered snaps there's been a couple of times and i think week 10 was one of them where dallas got up to such a nice lead that they yeah. just started resting their players as they should you know they have playoff at, you know if you're a Cowboys fan, you have playoff aspirations every year, but uh, you know they, 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 they particularly in that weak division. So we've seen snaps drop, particularly in, in in the IDPs when they feel like the game is well in hand. And their matchup this week, I mean, they're favored by twelve at home. So that's the other thing that I'm concerned about. Does Dan Quinn again elect to sit some of his players later in the game? Uh, so I'm pretty nervous all the way around to start uh, to start. Either of these linebackers, um, if, if I'm starting anyone, I think it's – and this also goes for the safeties. I think if I'm starting anyone, it's going to be Bell because I yeah. feel like he has the the most opportunity and he'll be around the ball the most, but uh, I'm not thrilled about it. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I have him as like LB43 this week. He's he's the highest for, of the Cowboys for me. And you're right. They, they've shown a tendency to rest these guys, and it, it's translated to the safety position as well. As you like you mentioned, the rotating these guys around, Donovan Wilson, J. Ron Curse, Malik Hooker are all kind of moving around and, and coming off the field quite a bit. So all of these guys are kind of lower for me this week. Um, Donovan Wilson, the highest of the safeties at safety 28. 
Um, it is a nice matchup for for Dallas cornerbacks on, on paper, though the commander's giving up the ninth most tackles per game to the cornerback position. We know Deron Bland has been kind of a, a pick six merchant here th this season. He's got four of them now, um, but this could be a nice matchup for him to kind of get some tackles as well. I have him as CB5 this week, but um, anything else for, for the Cowboys for you? I don't think so. I mean, uh, you know, Deron Bland, uh, if he gets an interception this week, <laughs> Twitter's going to go nuts. Uh, and, you know, and it's a pretty good matchup for him to get an interception. I will say Sam Howell, I mean, we'll talk a little off this just for a second because of, sure. because of how it affects our IDPs. But I, I do think Sam Howell's playing better that you know he's starting to settle in so i don't i don't he doesn't seem to be as erratic as he was so i'm certainly not throwing a lot of money on a, another duran duran bland interception this week yeah I, i'm a sam howell fan so I, i'd like to see him kind of settling in like you said and and he's been slightly better at at avoiding sacks recently he's still taken 51 on the year which is a, a mm. lot and i'm sure micah parsons is going to be in line for for another big game because of it um i even like demarcus lawrence this week too he demarcus yeah. lawrence quietly has been really good right 82.8 pass rush grade 91.1 run defense grade both of those are top 10 marks at his position um the only problem is he's playing a career low 52 percent of the defensive snap so uh, on the lower end there but i still like him to potentially get at least a half sack um this week for demarcus lawrence on thanksgiving so uh hopeful there um and then on the washington side of things cody barton designated to return from injured reserve we don't know for sure if he'll play at least i haven't seen anything um specific to say that he is playing if he does i'm a little bit concerned i guess about potentially being eased back into lineups it's, it's kind of an average matchup for linebacker tackles so i'm not in any rush to put cody barton in lineups this week especially with all 32 teams playing you should have better options to kind of wait and see what that usage is but um how do you feel about the the washington idps here well linebacker wise i'm with you I, I, not only because of of how you know the the how much they think they they could use Cody Barton um, if he felt fully healthy and they felt like he could take a full complement of snaps. But does he get that role back? I mean, I think you know this is it's just a mess bet between all three of those linebackers. I I can't clearly see how that's gonna that's gonna um, uh, play out this week in particular. Um, it's it's a so so matchup, like you said. I, I think with with no one on by, there's you know I'm trying my best to not start any three of these linebackers. Let's give it a week and 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 see what happens. It's also a short week, uh, you know, so that that's just one more piece of volatility that that I just don't want to put on the fire here. Not when we have other options. You know, we're not talking about a, any of these linebackers as being a top five or top ten option. Right. So if, if you're just gonna you know uh, dip your hand in the pool and grab some random linebacker, hope to get you know seven to eight tackles out of, I'd rather have somebody with with a higher floor somebody i can kind of rely on uh somebody i do like this week is 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 cam curl i mean i, I you know uh john you and i this offseason we waxed poetically on yeah. uh, on on cam curl's behalf and uh, we both look like geniuses right now because he right. he is that top five or top top three um uh safety that we thought he would be um and so and i think uh this is a, a good matchup you know i know dallas throws it a lot and they they do they tend to produce a lot of action for for their safeties and and, and in general i mean curl's been putting up linebacker numbers which we, we don't get as often as we used to back in the glory days of the single high uh, um uh safeties 
Um, but uh, to me, I'm high on Curl this week. I, I don't know where you have him, but but I'm really high on him this week. Yeah, I got him as safety too. And and like you said, we 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 loved him coming into the year. We talked about him this offseason. So yeah, exciting to see him kind of delivering in the way exactly the way that we we expected him to. So this has been a good thing for for Curl. And, and like you said, Dallas giving up the fifth most tackles to the safety position. So a really nice matchup for Cameron Curl to to come in and do some damage here. And Dallas also giving up the fifth most tackles to the cornerback position. So really like Benjamin St. Juiced um of at for the Washington corners. He's been really like one of the most consistent producers for, for IDP points um, at the cornerback position. Uh, 52 tackles on the year, seventh most for among corners. He's also put up 15 pass breakups, which is second most. Um, he's also added a sack to his totals. And and yeah, I think he's locked in as like a CB1 option um, for, for this week and, and could be for the rest of the season as well, depending on the matchup uh, for Benjamin St. Juice. But other than that, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not interested in the, the Washington edge rushers without Chase Young and Montez Sweat. They're going against uh, Tyron Smith and company, so it's it's a bad matchup for, for them. How about, I mean, on the interior, I still like Jonathan Allen. I have him as like DT9 this week to Ron Payne and more of the DT2 range for me. So anybody else on Washington that stands out uh, to you worth talking about? No, I mean, I was going to mention the same two you just did that, um, you know, it's when, you know, Going across the defensive line, uh, it, it helps to have talented players next to you. It helps you, you know, have fewer double teams and triple teams. We see that now in LA with with Aaron Donald. He's got no help. So what are you going to do? You're going to load up on him. Uh, and so, but it's been interesting to see how Washington lost both of their premium edge rushers. But Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne are still wrecking shop there in the middle. They're still playing plenty of snaps. Um, so I'm, I'm confident to keep rolling out both of those guys, uh, this weekend going forward. It seems like losing their top edge rushers hasn't really slowed them down any, and we're mostly relying on those guys for tackles anyway, and they seem to be doing plenty. And if this game goes the way it looks like it's going to go, I, I can see them, I can see Dallas running the ball a ton, uh, particularly in the second half and Allen and, and Payne out there soaking up all that juicy IDP production. Just, just wait for it. Cause it might not come till the second half. I'm with you. Yeah, that's a great call. Um, all right, let's go to the Sun or I guess Thursday night um, game. It is the 49ers at the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, where do you want to start with this game? Well, let's start with San Francisco. You know, we know they run the ball a ton, uh, and uh, you know they are a uh, obviously they're they're one of the better teams in in the league. But it, it has been interesting because you have to look closely, but. Even though they're 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 a great offense, and even though they uh, they run the ball a ton, they actually don't put up great numbers for linebackers. Uh, you know, you expect them not to put up great numbers for 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 cornerbacks because they just don't throw it a ton. But uh, they're really not that productive for linebackers, which is which is a little surprising, don't you think? It is, yeah, because I feel like they've always been, you know, one of the better matchups before. I'd have to go and look back. Like, I've always liked playing linebackers against the 49ers typically, right. but this year, yeah, not as good. 20th most tackles to the linebacker position per game. So, yeah, Bobby Wagner, I mean, he, he's been excellent all year, so I, I still feel good about starting him. He's more like on the lower end of LB1 for me, like LB9, and, and Jordan Brooks is the one, I guess, who ne isn't necessarily getting a, a full-time role, although he... He has played a little bit more um, in recent weeks, but for whatever reason, that's actually hurt his production somehow. Um, so he's like LB25 for me this week. But 
yeah, surprisingly, like you said, um, San Francisco not giving up too much to the linebacker position, but they are giving up a lot to the safety position, um, second most tackles per game to the safety position. So I'm curious how you feel about Jamal Adams. He's technically considered questionable right now, but it does seem like he is going to play um, after missing last game. Uh, he's had really nice alignment the, the, this season, 40% of his defensive snaps in the box, but hasn't necessarily been great as far as production goes he's, he's been fine but um this feels like it could be a decent matchup for him to kind of get back on track here yeah i i love the matchup i mean yeah I, I think it always helps to not only it, it helps to kind of separate yourself from what you see on tv and and look at the numbers you know for example everything we've been saying about the the the, the 49ers i forgot to mention a second ago that that the reason that those numbers are lower i think has to do with the fact that they are they are, um, even though they're a great offense, they are a very slow offense. They run the 27th uh, fewest, you know, our 27th most plays in the game. Um, so they just they just don't need to be on the field for very long. Uh, and so there's just not a, a lot of production on, on, on the other side. Um, but uh, then it is important to then picture what that game is going to look like. Picture Christian McCaffrey and, and, and some of these, uh, you know, um, uh, uh, wide receivers and, and obviously George Kittle uh, coming out of the backfield or, 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 or lining up in the slot. Uh, a lot of that sort of activity is, is right in Jamal Adams' wheelhouse. So I agree. I, I think he's got a, a higher floor this week than normal. It's it's a shame that we haven't seen this, you know, this this amazing pass rush upside that that he right. used to carry. And maybe that will come back. But uh, you, know, you know, that's one of the things that made him such an elite safety before was not only you know solid with tackles, but just just put, producing some sort of big play almost every week. That hasn't really happened as much, but it's a great opportunity for him just to get his tackle floor raised this week going against those offensive weapons and how they use them. Yeah, I, I'm with you. And yeah, like you said, the, the 49ers, again, not running a ton of plays, but they also have like these explosive playmakers too, right? So they can score right. quickly and and like get these huge plays at a time. So that also cuts down on their playing time. So yeah, it's it. but like you said, Jamal Adams should be at the, the focal point here for, for production, I would think. Um, but another player who's been amazing um, this season is Devon Witherspoon. I'm curious how you feel about him, uh, the, the rookie corner for the Seattle Seahawks this week. Man, he's been he's been great, right? It's you know, uh, there's all there's a lot of debate about the whole rookie corner rule. You know how how uh, mm-hmm. you know how accurate that really is. And uh, I did a bunch of research on this a couple of years ago, and and you know it, it really has to be this amazing combination. But when it all locks up. Uh, you will definitely get that kind of like rookie corner blow up year. And all of those things are lining up for Witherspoon. You know, he's playing every snap, obviously. Uh, he's, a, he's a great player. He's, he's playing at a high level, but people will still continue to test him. So he's been a really valuable a- asset, particularly in CB required leagues. Yeah. Having said that. <laughs> <laughs> this is the week, right? This is the week where he's probably going to get six passes thrown his way, if even yeah. that, uh, just because they just they 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 don't throw it much, and um, they're just terrible uh, getting production out to cornerbacks, right? Yeah, last in the league um, as far as tackles to the cornerback position goes. So it's not a great matchup this week. I think most people who have been starting Witherspoon are probably just going to keep them locked into lineups. But I think just tempering expectations this week, like you said, because it isn't a great matchup. So as good as he's been, 55 tackles, three sacks. I think he's got a pick six in there as well. Mm-hmm. So just kind of tempering expectations for, for the rookie this week. He'll be fine rest of the season, but there are going to be matchups um, that aren't necessarily uh, great for him. But other than that, um, 
Seattle. The only other player that I wanted to talk about was Boye Mafe. Um, I have him as edge 19 this week. He should see more Colton McKivitz um, at, at right tackle this week instead of Trent Williams, which is a good thing for, for Boye, Boye Mafe. They, they do move him around a bit depending on the week. So I'd imagine they avoid, they get him to avoid Trent Williams um, this week, who hasn't allowed a sack all year. Um, where McKivitz has given up five. He's got a 59.9 pass blocking grade, which is 61st. So um, yeah, don't mind uh, Boye Mafe this week in that that edge two range, even though um, Brock Purdy's done a decent job avoiding sacks as well. Um, and then on the San Francisco side of things, uh, where do you want to start with uh, the 49ers IDPs? Well, uh, I want to start actually with with, with Fred Warner. Um mm-hmm. Uh, you know, on paper, this is a bad matchup, uh, or a really bad matchup. Uh, but um, it's it's been nice to see that Warner, uh, as phenomenal of a player as he is, usually doesn't put up massive tackle numbers just because of, of, of number one. Well, kind of part of what we're saying, like their their defense is so good. Um, but now that they're you know that their offense is slower and also. Uh, you know, they're 27th in plays per game. That's allowing the 49ers to defense to be on the field a little bit more. It's been nice to see Warner's uh, Warner hit that double digit tackle mark more this season than, than I've seen in, in recent years, which is which is great because he's such a phenomenal player. It, it just stinks that we we couldn't use him as often or or really get to see that on the IDP side. But he's been much better this year, I think, partly for, for those reasons. This is a terrible matchup. But if I've got Fred Warner, just like if I've got Bobby Wagner on the other side of the ball, uh, you know, Wagner, I think, has had nine tackles in all but one game. So, you know, I just the, I, we're going to talk about the I, I learned a lesson a, a bad lesson last week which we're going to talk about later but uh it, you know it, i would tell anyone listening uh to always start your studs right apparently i don't take my own advice but uh <laughs> and this is one of those times that warner warner has been putting up solid numbers no matter what so guys like wagner and, and warner i'm starting despite the bad matchup yeah, I'm with you. I, it's not a great matchup, but I still have like Fred Warner, LB7, and and Greenlaw, um, LB19. It's just so hard to sit these guys. They've been so good, so productive. It, it's maybe one of those ones where you're you're not targeting them in like um, prop bets or anything like that. But I, I do really like um, Fred. What is Fred Warner's done this year? It's so hard um, to sit him because of that. But other than that, for the 49ers, Telenor Hufanga lands on injured reserve. It looks like he's done with for the year with the torn ACL. So Jair Brown, the, the third round rookie um, for them, is going to likely start for them. Not a great matchup. It's just kind of an average matchup for safety. So we'll, we'll see what Jair Brown does here in his, in his first start. I, I'm assuming it's him and, and Deshaun Gibson uh, out there for San Francisco. So I have him in more of like a safety three range for me just to kind of wait and see what his production look like looks like, what his usage is here against uh, the Seahawks. But anything else for, for the 49ers for you? No, I think that's it. You know, just just uh, lean it on on Warner when you can. Obviously, you're going to start. Uh, you know, your edge rushers. Oh, the only thing I would say is uh, um, uh, Javon Hargrave has has really been good. You know, everybody was wondering what that would be like when he shifted over to San Francisco. You know, would we see his snaps lower and all that sort of stuff? He's had a really good season. This is a really bad matchup for him. Uh, not in terms of pass rush. But in, just in terms of, of production coming his way, I'm sitting in the middle. It's, you know, he has these weeks where he'll have five and six and seven tackles. This could be one of those, you know, two or three tackle weeks, I think, just 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 based up on the matchup. Just not enough uh, opportunity coming his way this week. 
Yeah, that's fair. And uh, yeah, I'm with you. I think, you know, you're, you're starting Nick Bosa as well. There's no real question about that. Like you said, start your studs. You don't have to worry about Nick Bosa. And Chase Young has been fairly solid. I feel about good about him in like an edge two range as well. Um, all right, let's go to the Miami Dolphins at the New York Jets. This is our Black Friday game. Uh, so let's start with, oh man, where do we start with this game? I'm going to go with, uh, the. I guess, just the, the Jets linebackers here because it's not a great matchup going against Miami. Um, they are allowing the 29th most tackles to the linebacker position. But again, you know, as far as starting your studs go, CJ Mosley and Quincy Williams have both been like top 12 linebackers this year. They've been so productive. Um, so CJ Mosley, for me, at least is locked into lineups. He's LB8. Quincy Williams more in the LB2 range um, this week, but still really like them uh, quite a bit this week. Uh, yeah, I, there's not, not a ton to say about the Jets defense, but I'll, I'll be curious uh, your thoughts. Anybody that stands out to you? Well, uh, we were just talking about this with San Francisco, so I want to bring it up again. Miami, obviously the most prolific offense in, in the NFL. They are not good for IDP production. You would think that they would be, and it's a function of how their offense scores, right? They are a quick strike offense. They are, they are not pounding the ball, getting four or five yards per, per, per run, grinding the clock out. That is not how their offense functions and it won't function that way. Uh, and the sa same for San Francisco. So sometimes you see high powered offense and assume that means a lot of IDP production, but you need snaps. You need numbers of snaps on the field. And Miami's offense is so good uh, that it, that it tends to, you know, get on the field and then quickly off the field and kick a field goal <laughs> before you even know it. Um, I think what helps the uh, the um, uh, the linebackers for the Jets, and this has really been the case all year for them, is because this is such a good defense that they don't allow uh, a lot of quick strike plays. So, uh, you know, um, I'm I'm not sitting either one of these guys. It's as I said earlier. I'm just if they don't get you know 11 and 12 and 13 tackles like we've become used to, if they get seven or eight tackles this week, I just know that was more of a function of the, of the Dolphins offense than, than their abilities. Uh, I am, I'm mostly worried about the defensive line though, uh, mm -hmm. because man, it's, it's, it, it's hard to imagine, but if you watch the Dolphins offense, you'll see it. I mean, it's clear as day. They just don't, pound the rock through the middle of, of a defensive right. line like hardly ever i think i think they have the worst uh production to to uh, opposing de defensive linemen if not the worst very close to it but they're i mean they're they're averaging like nine or ten tackles per defensive line that's one to two tackles per and and remember the jets rotate their their uh defensive line a lot i'm going to start Quentin williams uh and just begrudgingly deal with the three tackles he gets but right. um, uh, I can't start anybody else, not against this offense. Yeah, I, I'm 100% with you there. I have Quinton Williams, defensive tackle seven for me. So it, it's lower for him as uh, than yeah. it would usually be. The, the <clears throat> guards aren't great on Miami, but like you said, the production not necessarily available to him. So 30th most tackles to the defensive line position uh, are the Jets. And two has done a nice job avoiding sacks as well really difficult matchup for the edge rushers like you said there they rotate these guys quite a bit they got to run our yeah to run armstead back a, a couple of weeks ago as well he's been amazing at left tackle he hasn't allowed a sack either just two pressures allowed in four games so guys like jermaine johnson for me who had have the highest of the jets edge rushers is like edge 34 for me this week yeah uh how, how's it looking on the on miami side for you yeah so miami oh god they're they're a group that 
there's not a lot of players that I'm in love with right now um, for this matchup. Like David Long, like their linebackers are really low for me. Like Jerome Baker's the highest at LB48. He's just been so inefficient, 9.3% tackle efficiency uh, on the year, which is well below average for the position. David Long is unranked for me. He's played fewer than 50% of snaps uh, last week, and his snaps have been uh, a, a concern this season. Miami giving up the fewest... Uh, yeah, the Jets, yeah, sorry, the Jets giving up the fewest tackles per game to the safety position as well. So that kind of hurts Javon Holland's potential there for me this week. The player that I like the most is Jalen Phillips, I, I think. All right. So Jalen mm-hmm. Phillips is edge seven for me this week. He's going up against uh, the right tackle, Max Mitchell, who has a 49.8 pass blocking grade, which is 71st out of 85 qualifying offensive tackles. He's allowed five sacks. And we got Tim Boyle at quarterback as well um, for the New York Jets. So no idea what this offense is going to look like. Hard to imagine that it could be worse than what it was with Zach Wilson, but um, (laughs) it could be. Uh, It's very possible um, as they make the QB change here to their third stringer now. So um, yeah, Jalen Phillips is really the the, the key one for me. Him, Bradley Chubb, Christian Wilkins, that defensive line I'd like. But the rest of the IDPs, I, I, I don't love this week. How about you? Uh, same, uh, Jalen Phillips, uh, you know, he's, I think he's got f- four straight games with a sack. Uh, looks like it should be, should be a fifth grade, <laughs> a fifth straight game coming here soon. Uh, I, you know, it's been great using, uh, Christian Wilkins almost every week. Uh, and mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, names like uh, Christian William, uh, Christian Wilkins and, um, Jalen Phillips, particularly as well, he's been playing lately. Um, I think people, um, have been a little bit off of uh, Bradley Chubb, and which I disagree with. I think I think um, I'm happy using Chubb this week. I'd rather use Jalen Phillips, um, but uh, I think Chubb's playing well, and I'm happy. I'm happy to use him. I could even see him outproducing Phillips this week. Yeah, I like it. I got Chubb um, edge sixteen this week as well. So yeah, I'm with you. This is a, this is a really nice matchup um, for him to to do some damage as well. Um, All right, let's go to the Sunday slate now and talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Cincinnati Bengals. Justin, um, where do you want to start with this game? Uh, Well, let's let's start with what's going on in in Cincinnati. Uh, uh, So for those of you who don't know, uh, Blake Martinez has decided to uh, make another uh, another run at this. He's unretired. He was he was signed to the Carolina Panthers practice squad, and then just recently, uh, um, uh, um, Blake Martinez has been signed uh, to the Pittsburgh Steelers. So the Cincinnati um, offense is going to be uh, facing the, obviously the, the Steelers IDPs. I don't. I mean, there's a lot of of question marks here. Number one, what is Cincinnati's offense going to look like without Joe Burrow? Right. That's that's a that's a so a lot of the stuff that we've got written down based on on recent history, sometimes <laughs> sometimes you just want to ball that up and throw it away because it's this yeah. could I mean, it's not going to look like a completely different offense. Right. An offense, you know, an offensive coordinator can't just throw everything out, out of out of the window. It doesn't work that way. But but still, this will be a different offense um, that the Steelers will be facing when they face them. Will Blake Martinez be involved? Obviously, the Steelers have had terrible luck with injuries at the linebacker position. They've been leaning on to Landon Roberts, a little Michael Walker there. Uh, they got Miles Jack. How does Blake Martinez fit into this? Are you um, 
Are you starting any of these Pittsburgh linebackers? And also remember, sorry, I'm not going to try to lead you here too much, but uh, remember that the Pittsburgh linebackers don't play every down. That's just not how the, their defense, uh, you know, runs. So uh, if you know this is not one of those defenses where you've got two linebackers playing 90 percent of the snaps. So given the Cincinnati offense uh, and how different it might look, um, and given the question marks at at linebacker for. Um, for since uh, for for Pittsburgh, how are you looking at these four linebackers? How do you think this shakes out this week? And does Blake Martinez slash Miles um, Jack ever work their way in? How do you see that going? Yeah, that that's a, a great question um, because we we won't know obviously until we see it. But there's definitely like a pretty good chance that we'll see maybe Blake Martinez or Miles Jack, one of the two um, kind of factor in here, because like you said, the, the Steelers, they don't necessarily like to roll out every down linebackers. We saw that even when Cole Holcomb was in the lineup, they were kind of forced to do it last week, right? Landon Roberts played hundred percent of the snaps and Michael Walker played 84% of the snaps and look, they lost the game. They, they did not, uh, they probably don't feel great about that, that option, which is why they claimed Blake Martinez off the practice squad, why they signed Miles Jack out of retirement. So there's at least a chance that we see these guys kind of work in and use them kind of situationally, which is what they've been used to. I think Miles Jack probably gets the first crack at it. I'd imagine just because he has that familiarity with the defense, but I don't expect him to play a ton of snaps. I'd, I'd still think that he plays maybe second most snaps at best among the Steelers' current linebackers right now. So I still feel the best about a Landon Roberts if I had to pick one. Um, but yeah, like you said, there's there's a lot of question marks for, for this matchup and um, for what these linebackers are going to look like. So yeah, it's probably Roberts for me, and then I am trying to avoid the rest of the group. Yeah, I'm in that same boat. And, you know, remember that um, uh, it's usually Minka Fitzpatrick who is the uh, uh, defensive play caller for them, uh, but but he's been banged up. So, uh, um, and I don't know. I mean, I'm not. I don't remember. When, do you remember when Minka's coming back? Supposed to be back this week. It seems okay. like he's trending in the right direction that he'll be back yeah. this week. So we'll see. It's so even another question mark. So uh, for me, I want to avoid that entire mess. I mean, we just we just don't. I mean, as much as we want to try and predict the future, sometimes there are just too many question marks, and we I I would rather not lead anybody astray and take a blind guess and say, oh, I think Blake Martinez is going to have eleven sure. tackles, when <laughs> I just literally don't know. And and if at all possible, I'm going to avoid this mess. Yeah, I'm with you. And yeah, you're pretty much focusing on the, the main guys, TJ Watt, Alex Highsmith. If Minka Fitzpatrick's active, you're probably starting him as well. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it for the Steelers. How about on the Bengals side of things? So I thought it was interesting last week. Um, we've talked about it a few weeks in a row, really, about Nick Scott. And we, we've used the term, you know, him circling the drain. It seemed like it was only a matter of time before he was going to get flushed and, and, and lose his starting job. And it seems like that happened last week with Jordan Battle playing the large majority of snaps. I think it was 80-something percent or so and had a really productive um, week. It's not necessarily the best matchup against the Steelers here giving up the 26 most tackles to the safety position but if you got to choose a guy between say jordan battle and dax hill who's also been really great this year um do you have a preference there for the Bengals safeties this week 
Yeah, I, I'm leaning Dax Hill. I mean, I, 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 I'm really excited about Jordan Battle. I mean, he had a great yeah. matchup last week and was able to to, to cash in. Uh, Dax Hill's consistency, I think, is what I'm a, a little. Um, if I had to pick one for this week, I want to see how Jordan Battle kind of settles into things. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that he's got that position. But, if, but if right now I had to pick one safety, I think I would go Dax Hill. He just, you know, longer track record. I'm, I'm, I'm less worried about the, the fluctuations there, and, and obviously because. This is such a bad matchup. Now, sometimes, uh, well, often, uh, when it, when an offensive coordinator sees a new player, you know, a rookie or a, a, a player who they think they can pick on, they'll pick on them all game. I don't necessarily think that'll happen with with Jordan Battle, um, but um, so. I'm not willing to take that risk. I'd rather have Dax Hill, but uh, Battle could be one of these guys who, um, you know, for the next couple of weeks racks up tons of tackles just be, just based on that scenario. Um, outside of that, who else do you like from uh, 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 fr fr from the Bengals? I mean, you know, they got uh, Logan Wilson. Uh, for me, I'm pretty much starting almost every week. It doesn't seem like a great matchup for him, though. Yeah. Yeah. Still starting Logan Wilson. I, I think I have him as LB 17 this week. So slightly lower than, than usual, but because of the matchup, but still feel fine putting him in lineups. But I, I think the guy that I'm probably most excited about on, on the Bengals is Trey Hendrickson, um, who has been really having like a career year in terms of PFF pass rush grade. Uh, he's got a 90.6 pass rush grade this season, which is fourth best at his position. That's led him to nine and a half sacks through 10 games. Um, draws a really great matchup here against Pittsburgh Steelers left tackle Dan Moore. Uh, Dan Moore owns a 30.3 pass blocking grade, which is the second lowest mark at his position Ooh. among 85 qualifying offensive tackles. Um, I, I think Hendrickson should be in a great spot here to kind of get another sack this week. Um, and and uh, yeah, going against Kenny Pickett, who's been fine at, at avoiding sacks. But uh, yeah, Trey Hendrickson's been awesome this year. Have him as edge eight. So um, excited about him this week. Yeah, and he's picked up his tackles. I mean, there was, a, you know, the 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 um, the the line on on the on these two defensive ends were that Trey Hendrickson would get you sacks and nothing else, and Sam Hubbard would rack up tackles all day long, but nothing else. But they've become a more balanced duo. Um, so it's been nice to see Hendrickson kind of become less um, um, just, you know, in, at least in terms of IDP, uh, less reliant on just getting sacks. He's picked up his tackle for as well. But yeah, great. I, uh, I didn't realize the matchup was that great. That's that, that's a phenomenal matchup. So let's uh, let's hopefully uh, hopefully. Um, Hendrickson will come through for us. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping here. Um, then, all right, I think that's pretty much it for that game. Let's go on to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Indianapolis Colts. And I guess the big news out of Indianapolis uh, this past week was that Shaq Leonard was released. Um, it's a surprise, I guess, to, to many, but he seemed to be pretty unhappy with his role there. He was playing strictly on early downs. Um, previously had been like a top 10 graded linebacker across the board before he got injured a couple of years ago. Since then has really, really kind of struggled to, to get back to the same level of play. So I guess it's, it's trying to figure out what this new Colts linebacker rotation is going to look like. And, and for me, I mean, I feel very comfortable with uh, Zaire Franklin, obviously, but after that, it's EJ Speed and Segan Olubi. We've seen the Colts play games with us before with um, putting Segan Olubi as their every down player when Zaire Franklin missed a game um, and not giving it to EJ Speed. So 
little bit of hesitance as far as plugging EJ Speed into lineups right away for me at least. So um, he comes in a little bit lower this week, and I'm not interested in, in putting him in starting lineups, again, especially with all these teams uh, available. Yeah, with no buys, there, there's there's no reason we were talking about this earlier, dipping your hand in, into a pool full of LB3s. I mean, there's so many out there that it doesn't make any sense to risk starting EJ Speed only to see that he played 32% of the snaps or whatever he's going to do. So uh, I do like EJ Speed. Um, uh, so to me, I'm going to pick him up uh, um, and and put him on the bench and just let's see how this kind of, you know, uh, percolates over the next couple of weeks. Um, uh, you know, Shaq Leonard obviously had those, you know, ha had that, that run of injuries and, you know, um, these injuries aren't like, oh, that he just pulled a hammy or, or he, you know, he, he fractured his ankle and now it's back. Th these are injuries that, that are, are, were likely going to slow him down or sap him of some, of some power, um, heading in, you know, basically all year long. What's crazy is that his, you know, his snaps were picking up. His production was picking up. I think he was, you know, um, you could obviously tell me better than him, but, but overall grading wise, he, you know, he, he, he uh, looked like he, he was, you know, not the elite player he once was, but he looked like he was playing solidly and he was picking up his snaps. And then this weird sequence of events, which I guess they all string together correctly, but it's like he was unhappy with his role. I think last week was one of the worst games I've ever seen him play. Was that, you know, was he just out of it? Like just he he was frustrated or whatever. After that game, he was told uh, on Monday he was told that he was he was gonna he was being benched, um, and then right after that he was released. Uh, a lot of salary, I think six or seven million a year on his contracts uh, on his contracts a couple more years of that. So I say all that to say that. Um, uh, I could see Leonard getting picked up by another team and finding a home. And I doubt would be an every down player, but um, I, I'm, I'm uh, if he ends up and you know, there's been a lot of injuries about Pittsburgh. I, <laughs> I got to wonder if Pittsburgh was like, wait a minute, if they had just released this dude just a couple of days ago, we would have signed these other dudes off of the couch, you know? Yeah. Um, but you know, Leonard might still have, life in the NFL. I think this was more, uh, they're not, you know, they're not obviously not playing great right now. Uh, get some younger players in there. Uh, they, and they probably know they need to move on from him sooner rather than later. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to sit EJ speed for this week. Let's see what happens. And then obviously let's see where Leonard lines, you know, aligns. I'm assuming he'll be, he'll play again this, this season, but I, I just don't know where. Yeah, so I gotta imagine somebody picks him up. There's a lot of injuries at the linebacker position right now as well. A lot of teams that 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 can use a, another body in there. And like you said, probably don't expect him to be an every down player, but you never know. It depends where he lands and and how they want to test him out and see what his capabilities are right now. But yeah, not uh, not overly excited about Shaq Leonard obviously being released, but um, we'll see where 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 he ends up landing. I'm sure it'll be somewhere. Um, other than that, on the Colts, I mean, J Julian Blackman, solid safety two th this week, even though it's not the best matchup. Kenny Moore, we've been starting pretty much every single week. That doesn't seem to matter. Um, defensive line, I mean, again, DeForest Buckner has been awesome. And then uh, Quiddy Pay eh, hasn't been as good. He's more of a matchup-dependent player for me. So uh, this isn't a great matchup going against the Bucs um, pass-blocking unit who have been one of the better units in the league and, and Baker Mayfield's done a nice job avoiding sacks. So not overly excited about the Indianapolis pass rushers outside of DeForest Buckner. 
Yeah, and I think Pay's even banged up a little bit this week, so another reason to 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 pivot from him. Uh, I you know I remember early in the season the Bucks were like hell bent on being a balanced offense, and they were running the ball despite the fact that they were going nowhere with it. And every everyone who drafted Rashad White was going nuts because you know uh, it looked like this was going to be a great fit and he just wasn't going anywhere and they just kept at it and kept at it well now it's working like now Rashad White is doing well and they continue to run the ball uh, a good amount they're not one of these teams that that, that run it like 30 you know 30 percent 39 42 percent of the time they're trying to kind of be a nice balanced offense so that is creating a lot of opportunity um and DeForest Buckner's out there a ton so happy you know I've got DeForest Buckner in the top 10 this week I think this is a really good matchup for him yeah, yeah, this is a nice spot for him for sure. Um, and then let's go to the Tampa Bay side of things because they had a, a pretty significant injury this past week with Levante David dealing with a, a groin injury. So he's considered questionable right now. They're, they haven't ruled him out or anything like that, but feels more on the doubtful side, I'd imagine. Um, I, I would be surprised if he plays. So Servassier Dennis was kind of the, the hot waiver wire pickup this week because of that. And uh, could be interesting here in a full-time role. The, this is a, a rookie now that fits this defense pretty well. Like he, th this is a blitz-heavy defense. This is something that Dennis um, excelled at in college and had some strong tackle numbers as well uh, or as a really good run defender too. So I kind of like Servassier Dennis if Levante David can't go. We don't know for sure that he can, but I probably would like him a little bit more than Devin White, who's been uh, really inefficient as, as a tackler this season. 9.1% tackle efficiency on the year for Devin White, which is the second lowest among off-ball linebackers who have played at least 50% of snaps um, behind only Nicholas Morrow. So Devin White uh, really, really struggling this year. But um, how about you? Do you, do you? How do you feel about the, the Bucks linebackers? Well, I've said that if, if I had a groin injury, I would be nowhere near questionable <laughs> or doubtful. So, um, uh, yeah, uh, it, it is, and we were talking about this earlier with with Fred Warner. Uh, it's great to see Levante David have this, it, it, you know, uh, have this uh, bounce back, at least for IDP. I mean, he's he's been playing at an elite level for a long time. This isn't about him playing better this year as it is a function of how they are using him this year. But it's just nice to use these great linebackers and actually get tons of production from us. But nice to see LD have a have a bounce back uh, season for us. Uh, IDP, you know, I, I'm I'm hoping he'll be 45, get that groin all healed up, healed up, and I'll still be using him in my lineups for decades to come. Um, uh, the the Dennis thing is interesting because um i really like the bucks safeties this week i, mm -hmm. I like uh both ryan neal and and antoine winfield um and uh i think this is i think this is a good matchup against uh, against the colts uh and if dennis uh is targeted heavily um or they tend to run at him and he is not up to the task it's going to be winfield and neil who are going to be there to to kind of clean up that mess but even without that i like both uh winfield and and uh, neil this week particularly winfield how are you feeling about the uh well really about the bucks secondary in general yeah i, I definitely love antoine winfield I, I think i have him as safety three um this week ryan neil i did not rank um he seemed to have been benched uh, the week prior to last i guess he was out so i think they were using like d delaney who's one of their corners um filling him in at safety so i don't 
necessarily feel comfortable about starting Ryan Neal um, just yet, just because those snaps had, had decreased pretty significantly for him. So he he's the only one that, that I'd be concerned about, but love Antoine Winfield. I'm probably not messing around too much with D Delaney. Um, and then yeah, Jamel Dean is likely out for as far as mm-hmm. cornerbacks go. Um, Carl David, Carlton Davis is questionable. So it's like, um, I think Zion McCullen and, and Christian Izian. So I, it's pretty much Antoine Winfield for me, um, as far as the, the, the Bucks secondary goes right now. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm, I don't have any of their, uh, cornerbacks g- going as well. I, um, uh, I had assumed that Neil's, uh, uh, lack of, um, uh, uh, playing time was due to it was due to his thumb like basically he was still mm-hmm. it was still bothering him uh and so uh i know that he's i guess he's still questionable uh based on on how that thumb is going to respond over the next day or two so uh yeah that that's a good call i'm, I'm i might I pivot away from him i'm mostly focused on antoine Wefield anyway uh but neil's been s- such a good player in that role if he's healthy but uh i would say unless we get some report that he's fully healthy and, and ready to go I, i'm with you um so i don't think it was pl- i don't think his, his playing time was was dipped for anything other than the entry but um uh that's that's one we'll, we'll look into so but definitely winfield uh we're happy about uh, so we move on to the uh patriots and the giants yeah let's do it let's go to new england at new york uh where do you want to start with uh with these two teams uh, well, let, let's start with uh, let's start with the Giants, um, uh, the, Gi- Gi- the Giants IDPs. Uh, you know, New England. New England's been interesting. Obviously, we 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 are still not one hundred percent sure. At least is the last I had heard. We're not one hundred percent sure who the the Patriots will be uh, starting at quarterback. Um, but I'm not sure it matters too much. Uh, they are, they are on the opposite end of, of of the pace spectrum. Although they're not an they're not an efficient offense. That they they are at least fast. Uh, and the Giants, um, they have they've given up a ton of yards per game. Obviously, they've had some terrible uh, games uh, matchups against elite offenses like Dallas. You know, I, I feel like the Giants feel like they face Dallas every other week. They're like again, <laughs> I swear to God, we just played these guys, right? Yeah. yeah. So. Um, if New England can get off the mat and, and, and get their offense heading in the right direction, uh, I, I think this could be a, a good matchup for a couple of our um, of, of our Giants players. Uh, Kayvon Thibodeau, for example, I think is 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 somebody that that I'm, I'm feeling comfortable starting. Xavier McKinney, man, he's been on fire lately. He's got the third most tackles of any of any defensive back uh, in, in the league, and he's I think he's had three. I think it's three uh, three games uh back to back to back of double digit tackles so i'm probably going to start them i'm not expecting double digit tackles because it's not a great matchup uh but i think i think those guys i'm I'm pretty comfortable starting with who do you like uh on the uh giants defensive side yeah i'm, I'm pretty much with you the, the the same guys there i mean bobby okereke he's lb10 for me this week I, I like thibodeau like you said i have him as edge 12 so he's still in that that edge one range right now because of the playing time and not necessarily because of the pass rush metrics but more due to the 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 matchup this week and dexter lawrence as well dexter lawrence has been awesome he he's dt4 for me this week the the patriots pass blockers um have not been great and uh we'll see who's that quarterback it it might be mac jones i i know they've kind of been going back and forth on on who's going to start there um and and pulling guys from games and putting bailey zappy in so uh we'll see what happens with the new england quarterback situation but i think you nailed all the ones that that i'm interested in as well um so yeah let's talk about the new england uh idps and again probably a, a limited list of guys that we're overly excited about this week here for for these guys but juan bentley is 
questionable still with a hamstring injury. He missed week 10 um, before their bye week. So we'll see if he's able to go. If not, uh, it would be Jelani Tavai um, who who fills in and, and like Mac Wilson. But it really would only be Tavai that you're playing um, if you have to start anybody from them. But anybody else on New England um, that you're particularly uh, excited about this week? Come on, John. <laughs> We've, you, you you know my disdain for for doing yeah. IDPs no, it has nothing to do with them. It has to do with their coach and how he just randomly yeah. puts them in random places. So um, <laughs> no, no, thank you. I want none of that. I, I will take some Tavai. Uh, I, I do have Tavai in a couple of leagues, and I, I, I'm definitely going to start him this week. But outside of that, uh, no, thank you. Yeah, I, I like Kyle Duggar. Um, that that would be the only other one uh, for me. It's even hard. Like it's a great matchup for their pass rushers, like guys like Dietrich Wise and and Christian Barmore and Josh Uche. But again, like playing time, like you said, is not uh, ideal at all for these guys. So it's really kind of like a whack a mole as far as trying to pick your your IDP that's going to get a sack for them this week. But um, yeah, it, it's a great matchup if you have them. Maybe you could play them if you're into you know in need of a desperation play there. But eh, I, I, you just don't love the playing time and that creates a lot of inconsistency even in great matchups yeah uh, you want to head to the afc south let's do it uh jacksonville jaguars at the houston texans so let's start with the texans uh idps and specifically their linebackers because uh we know obviously denzel perriman suspended for two games uh and last week we saw blake cashman have a massive game he played 100 percent of snaps delivered 19 tackles a sack he had a pass breakup in there um so again great matchup for them fourth most tackles to the linebacker position jacksonville's allowing so Blake Cashman, we assume, is going to be their LB1 here while Denzel Perriman is out. And probably after that, we'll see what happens. But um, Christian Harris also played 100% of snaps. Less confident in him only because uh, Henry 2020, I used to calling him Hanky Tote. Hanky Two Toes. Um, he's kind of lost his uh, <laughs> his uh, his nickname as he's lost playing time, but um, right. it's just easier to say. But yeah, we'll see. He probably mixes in. He's coming off a concussion where he's missed, I think, a couple weeks in a row now. So they they had to play Corey Littleton last week. So that's probably why Christian Harris played an every down role. So I'd imagine Cashman is the lone every down player, and Harris and and Two Toe um, kind of mix in a little bit. I don't know that Christian Harris is going to be an every down linebacker here uh, again this week. I, do, do you have any other different read on that situation? No, same thing. I, I'm, I'm happy to, to use Cashman for one more week. Uh, and, uh, you know, Jacksonville obviously is a, is a good matchup for, for um, your LBs. Um, but I don't want anything. I don't want anything to do with that secondary linebacker role. I mean, uh, the only thing I would be a little interested in is if Toto doesn't, end up clearing concussion mm. protocol that clears things up a little bit, obviously. Um, but, uh, you know, for all the reasons we've been saying in terms of the number of players, you know, this is your, that position is not someone you're expecting to get 10, 12, 15 tackles out of. So why not just pick somebody who, you know, has solid playing time, uh, if you can, um, happy to use Ka Cashman though. Um, Jalen Petra is, is another interesting one. I mean, this is a guy we've talked about all off season. He had a, he had, you know, just everything in the world go right for him last year in terms yeah. of, you know, being on a defense that nobody in front of him could seemingly stop anything. Uh, they were on the field a whole bunch. The Houston offense was terrible. He was, you know, the runaway DB1. Um, 
now their Houston offense is pretty pretty damn good. So uh, he's not seeing the field as much. Uh, they they're they're playing better up front. Um, so Petre's kind of settled into a four five six tackle guy. Um, so uh, but this isn't a great matchup for him. So I'm okay to I'm okay to use him. But uh, for me, uh, I think what we saw last week is that Blake Cashman. Uh, is fully capable of handling things uh, up front there, uh, at least for another game or so. So I'm not expecting this to be a double-digit game for for Jalen Petre. Those games are basically already in his rearview mirror, and, and this game doesn't look to be uh, I- any change from that. Uh, where where do you have Petre? Is is he? Uh, do you think I've got that right, or do you have him higher? No, I'm I'm 100% with you. He's really been kind of more of a matchup dependent IDP option for me this season. Mm-hmm. So like you said, it's not a good matchup. 28th most tackles to the safety position. So Jalen Petrie safety 29 for me this week, right? Everything you yeah. said is yeah. exactly why he super efficient as a rookie safety, 13% tackle efficiency, 147 tackles, right? But yeah, new coaching staff, different personnel on the field better offense for the Texans regression was inevitable but it's really hit him hard um this week 7.8 percent tackle efficiency which is not only below average for his position but ranks tied for 71st among defensive backs who have played at least 50 percent of the defensive snaps so yeah don't love Jalen Petrie this week um he's really just going to be kind of that matchup dependent safety for me for for the rest of the season really Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah. Uh, what about their their defensive line? I've been I've been enjoying uh, Jonathan Grenard's uh, resurgence. He's finally healthy again. Uh, he's been fun to watch as well as that rookie Will Anderson. Yeah, yeah. Grenard has been has been great, um, and Will Anderson I, I'd like quite a bit this week as well. Like I have him as I think edge twenty one. Um, he's going up against uh, Anton Harrison for for the most part. Anton Harrison fifty three point one pass blocking grade which is 69th among uh offensive tackles and yeah anderson's he's been heating up a little bit right two sacks in his last three games he's been able to take advantage of good matchups he had seven pressures last week versus arizona um, trevor lawrence does have a tendency to take sacks at, at an above average rate so um like this matchup a, a fair bit for those those uh texans edge rushers how about on the Jacksonville side? Uh, I think it's a pretty good matchup for the linebackers, right? Yeah, so 10th most tackles to the linebackers, so nice matchup. I have Foye Luakon. He, he's LB1 for me uh, this week. He's just been excellent all year. I think he's even LB1 as far as scoring um, goes in, in most formats. But uh, Devin Lloyd has also been awesome. He, he's been an every-down yeah. player. Um, so you, you like to see that from him in, in year two here, especially after that kind of tumultuous rookie season where he was up and down and, and then benched and losing snaps to Chad Muma. Hopefully that's in the rearview mirror now um, for Devin Lloyd. So you feel pretty good about putting him into lineups as well. Like again, it's a matchup or it's a week where we have a ton of options. So, um, you know, he's not necessarily going to be as high for me as he, as he usually is, but still in that kind of LB two range. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it's uh, he's, if you got him, you probably started him. 
Yeah. And it's, it's been, uh, man, we were just talking earlier about how rare it is. It seems to have two highly fantasy relevant linebackers on the same team, uh, these days. And that's certainly the case. Um, uh, but, but with Jacksonville, we, we, we get that we get both, uh, both of our linebackers are playing every snap, both of them. And, you know, this, this reminds me of the old Jacksonville Jaguars linebacking core, you know, um, uh, the Telvin Smith and Paul Bezlesny and those guys were, <laughs> were every week you had two linebackers who were fantasy relevant and it's really hard to come by. And, and I think, I think it's made people shy away a little bit from Devin Lloyd because just, we're just not used to having two linebackers create double digit tackles every week. Um, but uh, that's certainly the case. I mean, Lloyd's been obviously not as good as foyer has been, uh, but man, man, to have him as your LB, LB2 is a great place to be. Um, so yeah. And good matchup. But obviously long history here between these these two AFC South rivals um uh are there anybody else on the Jags that you like um as far as liking I mean Darius Williams at cornerback I, I like quite a bit for them but Josh Allen is a little bit lower for me this week I, I he's been high for me all season I, I really like Josh Allen quite a bit but he's only, he's edge nine so I'm still starting him but it's a really tough matchup against Laramie Tunsil. Laramie Tunsil, 79.9 pass blocking grade, 13th among offensive tackles. He has allowed four sacks, um, which is nice. Um, the, the other thing, too, is the, the Texans are giving up the seventh most tackles to the defensive line position, too. So that that's kind of what keeps Josh Allen in that edge one range for me is that there is still potential for sacks and um, and tackles as well, even though he isn't been nearly as efficient of a tackler this year which is kind of a bummer considering it was one of his strengths at least the past two seasons so um yeah still like josh allen but don't love josh allen this week i guess i should say yeah and obviously there's always volatility with a, with a role like that and um uh and also just i i think with his with you know tonsil i know it's had a, a few little a few little bumps and bruises, but man, he's, you know, when he's on, he's, he's, he's a brick wall. So um, uh, again, with, with, with everybody going this week, if you've got another edge rusher, uh, you might want to go that way, but I at least like the fact that he's got a a solid tackle floor uh, that really come, you know, those are my, all, all of my favorite, you know, edge rushers are going to have that tackle floor where, you know, Max Crosby doesn't have to get a sack. He can rack up seven tackles and you'll be, you'll be totally fine with it. Right. So, and Josh Allen's obviously not quite on that, uh, on that level, but he's done it before. I mean, he's certainly racked up a ton of tackles and this could be one of those games where if he doesn't get you that sack or doesn't get you that, he can get you a couple, maybe a tackle for a loss or two, four or five, six tackles. This is that kind of game that, that, that could happen for him. Uh, just, just, I'm not expecting a ton of um, uh, uh, pass pass rush wins against Laramie Tunsil. Yeah, definitely going to be uh, harder to come by this week, but that's pretty much it for the Jacksonville um, IDPs for me. So uh, let's do a quick ad break here. And this one is from our friends over at prize picks. Uh, prize picks is a skill based real money daily fantasy sports game. How does it work? You pick two to six players and if they will go more or less than their prize picks projection, you could win up to 25 times your money on any entry. So actually right now, if you go onto prize picks, there is a special offer that allows you to take the over on Christian McCaffrey's combined rushing and receiving yards total, which is set at just 0.5 yards. So, uh, it's a special offer for Thanksgiving, um, playing with the 49ers playing Thursday night versus the Seahawks, uh, you really don't need to think too hard about that one. You just take the offer and uh, and and then you can add to it. If you're looking for maybe some IDP prop bets to add to that, 
Uh, I like Deron Bland over four and a half tackles uh, against the Washington Commanders. Also on Thursday, uh, Washington top 10 in giving up tackles to the cornerback position, their pass heavy offense. Um, so we like that for Deron Bland. And then even Demarcus Lawrence over 0.25 sacks. Uh, we talked about him earlier in the show as well. Demarcus Lawrence top 10 pass rush grade going up against Sam Howell and the Washington Commanders, that Dallas defense. Defensive line has been able to generate sacks and pressures at a very, very high rate. So there should be some opportunity for there for Lawrence to at least get a half sack this week. Um, so yeah, at prize picks, you aren't competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections. Go to prizepicks.com slash PFF fantasy and use code PFF fantasy for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash PFF fantasy. Use code PFF fantasy for a first deposit match up to $100. All right, Justin, let's head to the Carolina Panthers at the Tennessee Titans. Uh, where would you like to start uh, with these two teams? Well, let's start with uh, the, the Tennessee Titans defense. Uh, um, Aziz Alshair, he's been a, a revelation for us this year, been tearing it up. And Jack Gibbons, for a while there, was not really matching him toe-to-toe, uh, -to -toe, but but hanging in there you know, as a really solid LB2 on that team. Uh, but it seems like things are kind of slipping there for Gibbons. What are you seeing between these two linebackers in, in this matchup against Carolina? Yeah, it's Al, it's Al year for me, and, and then that's pretty much it. I'm not playing around with Jack Gibbons um, this week. Him and Monty Rice both played 41% of snaps um, this past week, and, and Gibbons has been losing snaps uh, in each of the past two weeks. So it seems like he's kind of on his way out as well and, and not somebody that we should have in starting lineups in the majority of IDP leagues um, this week. So I'm not putting those guys in there other than Aziz Al Shair. And then really for Tennessee, I mean, the other really strong matchup is Roger McCreary, um, their, their cornerback there, because uh, the Panthers are giving up the most tackles to the cornerback position this season. So really like Roger McCreary as a potential um, cornerback play this week. And if you're looking for, you know, a streamer, he's been solid, so he might not necessarily be available, but somebody that we can plug into lineups and expect at least some de decent tackle production there. I think I have him as CB3 this week. Yeah, I mean, uh, the Panthers just do not run the ball very much. They run it 38% of the time. Uh, they give up a ton of, 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 of uh, production to those cornerbacks. Uh, fairly fast offense, fairly efficient offense. So, um, and McCreary, yeah, as you were saying, McCreary's been solid all season. Uh, he, he moves around enough and, and uh, is involved enough in, in what little run game he will see. Uh, so I definitely like McCreary this week as, as well. Um, because of that uh, lack of, of run game for, for the Panthers, uh, I, I'm, I am concerned about some of these Tennessee IDPs. I, I'm still going to start Jeffrey Simmons uh, if right. I don't have better options, but uh, uh, I'm, I don't know. Where do you have Simmons this week? I feel like this is not a great matchup for him just based on volume alone. Yeah, that's a good question. I have Simmons at he's in he's DT three for me. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, more it's it's just so hard to sit him. At, and there's been there's yeah, a few I'm tougher not. matchups here for defensive tackles like. Um, yeah, so he's still in that must start range for me. Like again, especially DT required leagues, right? You just don't sit a guy like that, at least for me. So it's again not the best matchup, but it is a decent matchup, at least for pass rushing, right? So when he does get those opportunities against that Carolina offensive line, who have allowed a lot of pressure, Bryce Young, who's taken a lot of sacks, right? I think that that's where he kind of makes up for it, as as opposed to you know getting tackles. But um, yeah, I just like the potential there for Simmons as as a pass rusher. So that's why he's DT three. 
Yeah, same same thing here. I've, I've got him. Uh, I've uh, you know I've got him in my top ten for 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 defensive tackles. Uh, and for me, it's going to be more about his his big play potential. I mean, he, you know, he mm-hmm. this doesn't look like a six to eight tackle game for him, but he he doesn't need that, right? He, he just he just needs he just needs to uh, get back to Bryce Young, uh, who's still holding on to the ball too long. So, uh, and as we know, with our um, particularly in D, I mean DT required leagues, I wouldn't sit him anyway, right? You just don't sit a guy like that. Any defensive tackle who's got that kind of uh, um, tackle floor and is playing that often and is that I mean, it, you know. We've seen it time and time again. If a guy's got, you know, just because it's a bad matchup, sometimes we don't give enough credit to the uh, to the the player's talent, right? And um, it's one thing if if we just know they're not going to be able to stay on the field very long and they're just not going to get many opportunities. But Simmons is going to get an opportunity with every single snap, you know, run or pass. He will have an opportunity to create production, and we've seen him come through in 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 uh, both good and bad matchups. So yeah, that's why I was just curious if you uh, if you thought. Because uh, like I said, I, he's the guy for me that I'm going to start. I'm not going to start anybody else off of that line. I was wondering if you thought he was also a must start, and, and it sounds like we're in agreement on that. Yeah, I'm not sitting Simmons, even though it's you know n- not a ton of tackle opportunity there this week. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, let's go to the Carolina Panthers IDPs here, and going against a, a stingy offense in the Tennessee Titans as far as giving up production to to IDPs. So. Anybody here specifically that you, you want to start with as far as uh, the Carolina IDPs go? Yeah, I mean, there's there's really not much there. Uh, we, we're just talking about production, right? I mean, Tennessee, I think they're 31st in pace and 32nd in place per game. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, um, I'm obviously going to start, uh, you know, Frankie Louvu. Um, uh, he, he is, he's a, a must start every week for me. Um, other than that, I'm, I'm going to probably avoid, um, you know, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind starting a couple of their safeties. I think Jeremy Chin's coming back off of IR this week. I think, is that right? Yeah. Uh, and he wasn't, he wasn't an every down player for them when he went out anyway, but, um, uh, I, I just don't see a lot here other than Frankie Luvu. Um, uh, what about Brian Burns? How's he looking for you? Yeah, so Brian Burns has been okay this year, um, and not not amazing, and not not necessarily taking that that big step that we were kind of hoping for him. Um, but I do have him as edge seventeen this week. He's going up against what we think is going to be Dylan Radens uh, at right tackle. So um, Dylan Radens forty two point three pass blocking grade on the year. Um, he's kind of played all over the offensive line this year and just hasn't been good no matter where he's lined up. Uh, there's also Andre Dillard on the other side at left tackle. Uh, we expect him to line up and he's been really bad as well 46.0 pass blocking grade and has actually allowed 10 sacks which is the most in the league as well so it's a great matchup for somebody like brian burns going against a a dylan raiden specifically even though his pass rush metrics haven't necessarily been amazing relative to expectations um like i said for for brian burns but still like him uh a decent amount this this week to plug him into into most lineups yeah, and if there's if there's anything uh, that 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 uh, Tennessee might be able to do, they've been obviously been trying to create some some offense with uh, with Tajay Sharp uh, mm-hmm. getting more and more involved. So um, uh, this could be one of those games again, and that's also why I like I, I like Frankie Louvu as well. Um, but uh, th- on paper, this does not look like a, a good matchup for any of your Tennessee. Um, uh, sorry, any of your Carolina IDPs. We're obviously starting. Frankie Louvu, but um, uh, 
just the fact that they're finally trying to get something going uh, allows me to consider maybe starting a couple of their safeties as well. But that's it's I'm not going to be happy about it, as I was saying earlier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it is. It's hard to be excited about them. You know, Von Bell, like I have my safety, I think, 26 um, this week. Yeah. So not, you know, looking to start him if I can afford to. But not everybody has a better option that they can plug in there um, this week. So, yeah, like the. I, yeah, Tennessee giving up the second fewest tackles to the safety position per game. So that that's kind of why he comes in a, a little bit lower this week. Um, Justin, I, I, it, I really appreciate your time. It is uh, a holiday. So I understand um, that you are, you've got plans, you've got things to do. You've got family time to spend um, over there for Thanksgiving and um, you are on a time crunch here. So I am going to let you go because I, I know you got things to do, but I, I just want to say, I can't thank you enough for, for your time and for coming on here and, and talking some IDP with me. It is always a pleasure and I really do uh, appreciate it. Jonathan, man, thanks so much for having me. Uh, sorry we couldn't finish that. We, I got I got uh, kitchen duties. We got lots of <laughs> lots of food to prep and make, and uh, I got I got to hold my end of the, of the bargain up. Um, but um, it was great, it was great fun to talk to you. L let's do this again soon. I, I want I want to get through a, a full episode for you before the end of the year. Hey, uh, I know you've already celebrated Thanksgiving, but enjoy the break. Enjoy all the football we're going to get to watch over the next over the next couple of days, my man. No, thank you very much. I, I appreciate it. And before you go um, and do some some dishes and some cooking and everything, um, please let everybody know where they can find uh, you and your work as well. Well, besides finding me in the kitchen, they can find me on Twitter at DownWithIDP. Uh, I'm one of the fantasy uh, analysts on the IDP side for FantasyPoints.com. Hit me up on Twitter. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'm around there. And uh, other than that, come check out FantasyPoints.com. Uh, John, it was a pleasure, man. We'll talk soon. Absolutely. Sounds good. Yeah. And have a happy Thanksgiving. Thanks again. Yes, sir. All right. See you later. All right. Let's move to uh, the New Orleans Saints at the Atlanta Falcons as I kind of go solo here. We'll see if I can manage. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, we'll see how this goes here. I'm pretty sure we can manage here getting these games done here and wrapped up for Thanksgiving. Um, the New Orleans Saints at the Atlanta Falcons is the next game. And we'll start with the Atlanta Falcons IDP. So, for me, I think I want to start with the Atlanta linebackers because this is a really, really nice matchup here for uh, Nate Landman specifically. I have him as LB14 this week. We've seen him actually play a true full-time role now in back-to-back -back weeks um, heading into the team's week 11 bye. So imagine that that continues um, here in week 12. He's played really well so far this season. Uh, for anybody that's paid attention to his PFF grades, an 80.1 defensive grade uh, this season, which is 17th among linebackers. And Landman has delivered a really strong tackle efficiency as well at 15%. Um, he's done that throughout the season. It's a top 15 mark at this at his position. So again, we really like the matchup here for Nate Landman going against the Saints, who have yielded the second most tackles per game uh, to the linebacker position. It's a nice matchup for Caden Ellis as well. He... I, I I struggle with Caden Ellis. He hasn't been nearly as efficient as Landman, delivering a tackle efficiency that's basically well below average for the year, 10.9%. That kind of pushes him outside of that top 24 for me, despite the favorable matchup. He's LB29. It's just, I have a hard time trusting Caden uh, Ellis a little bit this week, even though it is a good matchup. But if you have him and you don't have, you know, great options or guys that are on the fringes of that, that full-time role, uh, you could definitely be plugging him in there. 
Uh, at the safety position, not a whole lot to talk about here. The Saints given up the 13th most tackles to the safety position. So Jesse Bates I have inside the top 12 as usual. And Richie Grant is more in the safety two range. Um, other than that, I mean, the Saints given up the ninth most tackles to the defensive line. Atlanta doesn't have a lot of stars on their defensive line, but David Onyemata has been really good this year. Um, it, it, it's a potential revenge game here going against his former team. So David Onyemata, I think, is definitely a startable option um, in, in DT-required leagues. You can you can, you can can do worse than putting in David Onyemata in those DT-required leagues. So in more of that DT range, DT2 range for me. All right, let's go to the New Orleans Saints IDPs. And I do want to talk about their linebackers first as well, because again, this is another favorable matchup. The, the Atlanta is giving up the seventh most tackles to the linebacker position this season on a per game basis. But the Saints linebackers have been incredibly inefficient this year. So Pete Werner specifically, he's playing an every down role but just conti continues to deliver inefficient tackle performances on a weekly basis, right? So heading into their bye week last week, he had given up four straight games of single-digit tackle efficiency for Pete Werner. So the average is 13.4% for linebackers. He is in the single digits in four straight games, 10.6% on the year for Pete Werner. Demario Davis, 10.5%. So both of these guys really poor as far as tackle efficiency goes. I like Demario Davis more than Pete Werner this week in as LB 26, Pete Werner LB 39, but don't love them. Um, it, it, Davis has at least been a little bit better as of late. So that, that does help him and at least give some hope um, for, for him going forward. Uh, don't love the safeties necessarily, even though it is a stronger matchup. Marcus May, Tyron Matthew have just kind of been uh, average safeties as far as IDP production goes. So they're not must starts by any means. Um, Paulson Adebo is their top corner that I would be putting into lineups. He's been the every down guy. He's CB 20 for me. Um, I do like this matchup for the defensive line guys for the Saints. Carl Granderson specifically, I have his edge 15 and Cameron Jordan as edge 27. So Jordan, he's been slightly better this year compared to last year, but still a very volume dependent uh, edge rusher at this stage of his career. It's a nice spot for him. To get tackles, though, even though he hasn't been amazing there either. So that's why he's kind of outside that top 24, but just on the fringe of that edge two, three range for me. But Carl Granderson, been a much better pass rusher um, and tackler this season. So edge 15 for me um, for that Saints uh, edge defender. All right. Uh, the next game on the list, as I write down the timestamp here, is the Los Angeles Rams at the Arizona Cardinals. So Starting with the Rams IDPs, and, and I'll just kind of go through in, in the same kind of order for the rest of these games here since I'm doing it by myself and just to kind of create uh, some consistency for me and uh, so I don't lose my mind talking to myself. But starting with the Rams linebackers, Ernest Jones is really the only one that, that we're interested in, right? So Ernest Jones is LB5 for me this week. He's, he's coming off a week where he had double-digit tackles. He had a half sack in there. Every down roll, obviously, and that was in his return from injury. He missed week 10. So I like that quite a bit for Ernest Jones. <clears throat> Excuse me, Ernest Jones. That it's promising that he's going to remain in that every down roll. I know 
when he was dealing with injuries before he was kind of seeing some limited snaps, but um, first week back from injury there right away, he was good to go to a hundred percent role and delivered uh, a very nice IDP production game. Other than that, uh, they're safe. Uh, the, the Cardinals given up the seventh most tackles to the safety position. So these aren't like, you're not overly excited about a lot of the Ram safeties. Quentin Lake was somebody that had a strong game last week. He's playing more of their slot corner role. So not necessarily considered uh, a safety, even though he might have that designation on most fantasy platforms. But yeah, other than that, the, the Cardinals kind of stingy to uh, opposing IDPs for, for cornerbacks. They're 28th and for defensive line, they're also 28th. So guys like Byron Young, who's really volume dependent, but has been really efficient with his, his opportunities. Um, he's still the low end of edge two range for me. And then Aaron Donald, we're starting, but not necessarily starting like a Michael Hoyt, uh, Hecht. I, I do it every time. Hoyt Hecht, um, doesn't matter what his name is. We're not probably starting him in most leagues. On the Arizona Cardinals side of things, uh, we have Kaiser White lands on injured reserve. So this leaves basically Josh Woods and Chris Barnes. This is maybe one of those kind of linebacker needy teams that Shaq Leonard could be of interest to, but they're not like making a playoff push or anything like that. So you don't necessarily have to add somebody like that. They may just very well stick with Josh Woods and Chris Barnes here down the stretch. Um, Josh Woods did play the 100% snap roll once Kaiser White went down last week. Typically, this has been a, a more of a one linebacker team here. So Chris Barnes playing that LB2 role, likely to be in that 65 to 70% of snap range. Um, so Josh Woods, I, I have him a little bit lower this week. It's not a great matchup for linebacker production. The Rams giving up the 25th most tackles to the linebacker position. So Josh Woods in a week where we have so many options, he's like LB 32 for me this week. So he's in that LB three range. Chris Barnes, probably avoidable this week. Uh, if you can, um, safeties, we, we still like Buda Baker, Jalen Thompson. If you've been starting those guys, you're putting them into lineups. Um, the, the Rams are giving up the six most tackles to the cornerback position. They don't have like amazing corners by any means for IDP, but Marco Wilson has been somebody that has had production in the past. So he's CB 21 for me this week. Um, and then outside of that, it, it's a decent matchup against an offensive line that struggles. So, but the Cardinals defensive line also struggles. So somebody like BJ Ojolari, more of like an edge four. I know he got the sack last week and he had the, I guess it was two and a half the week before that, but we're not necessarily banking on that production to repeat week to week, especially for a player whose pass rush metrics aren't necessarily um, that encouraging right now. You're just really kind of hoping there um, that he can get home, but there, there should be better options for you. All right, let's go to the Cleveland Browns at the Denver Broncos next. And I'm just going to get a sip of my water here so my throat doesn't dry out. And I'm back. Uh, let's talk about the Browns and the Broncos. So we have uh, a really nice matchup here for the Denver Broncos linebackers. And I'm going to change the slide here so people can see on YouTube. Uh, the Browns are giving up the most tackles to the linebacker position on a per game basis. And of course the Broncos have Alex Kingleton at linebacker. So he's LB six for me this week. Um, interestingly enough, he has a 15.6% tackle efficiency, which is also sixth among linebackers who have played at least 50% of snaps. 
I know it's not the 21% um, that it was last year, which was far and away the best mark, but still very comfortably above average. And it's a great matchup. So love Kingleton to show why he is named Kingleton uh, this week against the Cleveland Browns. Josie Jewell, I have lower. So Josie Jewell is LB38 for me this week. Again, we got a plenty of every down linebackers to choose from this week. Josie Jewell has not been an every down linebacker playing just, uh, he played just 74% of snaps last week. Not ideal for that um, potential for production there. Um, so we could keep Josie Jewell out of lineups for the most part. Again, if you have them, you don't have a lot of other options. It's a great matchup if you want to put them in, but uh, there's plenty of options out there right now. Um, the Browns also given up the eighth most tackles to the safety position. Kareem Jackson gets a sussy again. This one is a four game suspension. So he is gone. If PJ Locke is healthy, he would be the guy to kind of step in for Kareem Jackson. We know Justin Simmons is there, but that second safety position is open. PJ Locke is the next man up, but he is questionable. He missed last game with injury as well. So if he can't go, it's Delarin Turner yell and Turner yell has been very efficient with his opportunities, 13.5% tackle efficiency, which is third best uh, among safeties who have played at least 25% of snaps. So could be a sneaky, nice play there in a, in a very strong matchup for somebody like a Turner yell um, who nobody's ever heard of. Um, going to the cornerback position, Jaquan McMillian, we liked him a lot last week. Um, didn't deliver the tackles that we expected, but did get a forced fumble and a pick in there, which helped. Um, but just 65% of snaps. So you got to be careful there. He's been good, but more of a deeper play, um, deeper leagues only. So he's CB 30 for me this week. Uh, the other thing that the Browns are giving us is the most tackles to the defensive line position. So Zach Allen specifically stands out as somebody that gets one of the best tackling matchups for defensive linemen this week going against the Browns. They've yielded 23.8 tackles per game to the position on the year. And that number has been even higher in the past three games, getting up to 29.7 tackles per game since week nine. So Allen playing more than any defensive lineman on Denver, 550 defensive snaps, which is 82% of the defensive snaps this season. He's fifth on the team in total tackles. Um, really like Zach Allen this week in that DT one range um, for, for DT required leagues. On the Brown side of things, uh, Anthony Walker dealt with a hamstring hamstring injury. He's questionable. Probably aren't going to see him this week. Um, so Sione Takitaki, Jer Jeremiah Wusukoromoa, these guys, again, where we can afford to avoid them, we're avoiding them. They're, it's just not worth it trying to figure out these Browns uh, linebackers. They rotate these guys a ton, so playing time isn't consistent. And again, the most man-heavy defense in the NFL as well, or at least top five. I actually no, they're they're the most man heavy defense in the NFL. I was getting them confused in my head with the Cowboys there for a second, but play a ton of man coverage, so that hurts tackle efficiency as well. So we're trying to avoid Taki Taki and JOK if we can. Um, and Grant Delpit, not the best matchup for him. Twenty fifth most tackles to the safety position for that the Broncos are giving up, but still like Delpit a, a ton. His alignment is his usage in the boxes as ideal as we can ask for, for the position. So he's safety nine for me this week. Um, other than that, Miles Garrett is again, where he's locked into lineups. I think I have him as edge two this week. Russell Wilson has the ninth worst pressure to sack conversion rate in the league. Despite his offensive line being decent, 
offensive line being decent doesn't matter for somebody like Miles Garrett. He is the most dominant uh, pass rusher in the NFL and uh, yeah, probably going to get himself a sack again this week in his uh, quest for defensive player of the year. All right, let's keep it rolling. Um, Kansas City Chiefs at the Las Vegas Raiders is next up and we'll start with the Kansas City Chiefs IDP. So I don't have a ton to say about uh, as far as this group goes. Um, it's not a great matchup across the board against the Raiders here. So the Raiders are giving up the 27th most tackles to the linebacker position. I still like Drew Tranquil and I probably like him more than I should this week, if that makes sense. So I have him as LB 15. It's not a great matchup. It hasn't necessarily been this amazing tackler. He comes up with some big plays every once in a while. I might be able to afford to move Drew Tranquil down a little bit in my next, um, update of the rankings here now that I'm kind of thinking about it. So LV15 might be a little high considering some of the guys around him, but that's where I have him right now. Um, he's an every down player, which is all that you can ask for, for our linebackers here. We just want them to be efficient. And he's been just under average as far as tackle efficiency goes. Um, Willie Gay, not as interested. LB47 for me, he is not an every down player, but he did overtake Leo Chanel after Leo Chanel had played ahead of him a couple of weeks as Gay was dealing with the, with a back injury. So the bye week helped him get healthy and get back in that LB2 spot. Um, just realized I didn't put the, uh, the, the timestamp down for this game, but I will find it. Don't worry. Um, all right, let's go to the, the safeties for Kansas City. Don't love the safeties. Justin Reed is safety 34. He's the highest for me. He's the only full-time safety for the, the Kansas City Chiefs, but not playing an every-down role, so we don't love that. But guys like Trent McDuffie, Legereus Sneed, uh, we are very high on. It doesn't really matter the matchup. These guys have been excellent all season long. We saw Trent McDuffie get two sacks last week as well. So he's CB7 for me. Legereus Sneed is CB11. You pretty much playing these guys. You can afford to to mix and match at, at the cornerback position if you have a lot of options off the waiver wire or on your bench or whatever. But um, for the most part, these guys aren't leaving lineups. And and the same thing goes for uh, Chris Jones on the defensive line. The defensive tackle six for me this week. Um, Aiden O'Connell is uh, giving up sacks at, at a pretty high rate here among the top. 10 in the league at his position, but the Raiders offensive line has been surprisingly solid. So um, Chris Jones, obviously coming off a two sack game. We'll see if, if he could do it again. I mean, he's not leaving your lineup anyway, so it doesn't really matter that he's DT six or DT one for me. Um, that, that's just where I have him this week. Uh, George Karloftis is edge 24 as well. So right on the brink there of that edge two range, but that is pretty much the Kansas city Chiefs. So we can talk about the Las Vegas Raiders. And again, starting at the linebacker position, um, Robert Spillane, I have as LB30 this week, as you hear my son screaming upstairs for some reason, this is his time of the day to scream, um, but maybe doesn't like the ranking of Robert Spillane here at LB30 because he's been so good this year, but he, has he been that good? I don't know. He, he's had three sacks, three interceptions. Those That has definitely boosted his point total. Um, but really 12% tackle efficiency. So again, it's even lower than what we talked about with Drew Tranquil. So th that's kind of why I feel like I might be a little bit too high on Drew Tranquil. He's kind of in the same boat as, as Robert Spillane a little bit for me. Um, 
slightly better, but doesn't have necessarily the big plays that, that Spillane had so far this year. We can't expect those big plays to repeat. So that's where Spillane comes down the ranks a little bit for me. Um, and going against the Chiefs, who are giving up the ninth, 19th most tackles to the linebacker position. So below average matchup there. So nothing to be too excited about. And Divine Diablo, not an every down player. So he's LB52, um, somebody to avoid this week. As far as their safeties go, we know that Marcus Epps last, left last game with an injury. If he can't go again, Isaiah Polamau um, would be the, the next man up. Trayvon Merrick is in there as well, but um, I just wanted to say Isaiah Polamau apparently. So I don't have him ranked yet just yet because Marcus Epps hasn't been ruled out, but um, just another name to consider in those deeper leagues if you're looking for a safety option. Um Kansas City is also giving up the eighth most tackles to the cornerback position. Nate Hobbs, he has been the man at, at corner this year again. Um, he's CB1 for me, 11.5% tackle efficiency is really strong for the cornerback position. It's about 2% higher than the average. So uh, like that quite a bit for Nate Hobbs. Um, he's pretty much locked into CB, CB required starting lineups uh, no matter what. And then along the defensive line, there is really only one player um, to consider, and that is Max, who now has 11 X's added to his name. Crosby, um, 10 and a half sacks on the year. He's edge five for me this week. Going up against Juwan Taylor, who's a little bit below average as far as offensive tackles go in pass blocking, 65.2 pass block grade, so 46th among tackles. But it's Patrick Mahomes. That 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 is the biggest barrier here for a potential Max Crosby sack. Um, Mahomes still the best in the league as far as pressure to sack conversion rate goes, just 8.7% in that regard. So really, really good. Um, continues to be kind of a magician there at avoiding sacks and escaping the pocket. So Max Crosby still has the potential to deliver some tackles, uh, which the, the Chiefs are about average at as far as giving up tackles to the defensive line position. Max Crosby plays 100% of snaps. So um, whenever we get that from a defensive lineman, they're going to be pretty much considered a, a starter for IDP. But when you're also as good of a pass rusher as Max Crosby is, uh, he is locked into every lineup. So uh, that is my Max Crosby rant for the day. All right. Uh, next game on the list. I'm not going to forget to put the timestamp this time. Sorry for anybody that has to listen to that um, rambling, but uh, just to keep myself sane here as I'm talking to myself, the Buffalo Bills at the Philadelphia Eagles is next up on the list and we'll start with the philadelphia eagles idps um buffalo a nice matchup uh for oh there we go buffalo is a nice matchup for um giving up linebacker tackles uh, on a per game basis they're giving up the eighth most tackles to the linebacker position the only problem is the philadelphia eagles linebackers are not great so zach cunningham we saw um, last week took over that LB one role. Nicholas Morrow was, was the second guy. I, I talked about it last week, how I thought there was at least a chance that Philadelphia would revert back to what they did last time. N'Kobe Dean was on injured reserve, um, in that Nicholas Morrow would be the every down guy and Zach Cunningham would be part-time. Well, I, I was wrong. It, it does happen. Um, from, from time to time, Zach Cunningham did play a uh, near every down role. It wasn't a hundred percent of snaps. He played 91%. Uh, and Nicholas Morrow was around 70%. So Nicholas Morrow 
one of the most inefficient off-ball line. Actually, he's the most efficient off-ball linebacker uh, as far as tackle efficiency goes and guys who have played at least 50% of the defensive snaps, 8.3%. That's lower than your average cornerback tackle efficiency or safety tackle efficiency for what it's worth. So really not great numbers there for, for Nicholas Morrow. When he's not playing an every-down role, you like him even less. So Zach Cunningham, um, probably the only one worthy of starting, but more in that LB3 range even though it's a, it's a decent matchup here for linebackers. Um, again, a decent matchup for safeties as well. Reed Blankenship is somebody that we've liked quite a bit this year. He's safety seven for me this week. The, the bill's given up the 11th most tackles to the safety position. Uh, Kevin Byard is also in that safety two range for me. Uh, I know he had the pick last week, but doesn't necessarily have the, the, the tackle output that we would get from a Reed Blankenship. So that's why he comes in a little bit lower. Um, Bill's also given up the third most tackles to the cornerback position. Darius Slay um, would be somebody to kind of consider. Uh, if have, I have him in the top 10, I think it's actually CB10 this week. James Bradbury in that CB2 to 3 range as well. Um, and then, yeah, the Bills defensive line. We, it's it's a pretty heavy rotation there. I think it's Gregory Russo is probably the guy that I have ranked the highest as well as Ed Oliver for defensive tackle required leagues. All right. Um, as far as the Buffalo Bills IDPs go, why was I talking about? Yeah, sorry. I'm talking about the, the, previously I said Gregory Rousseau and I'm, I'm confusing myself here. This is what happens when I talk, uh, by myself for too long, but the, the Eagles IDPs, um, on the defensive line, it being obviously Hassan Reddick, um, Josh Sweat, Javon or, uh, Jalen Carter and Fletcher Cox are, are, are the main guys there. Like Hassan Reddick, he's it's so hard to bench him. He even got a, a sack last week against Patrick Mahomes, so he's pretty much ma been matchup proof this season. So he's not leaving lineups. Uh, Josh Sweat is probably the one that that has it a little bit tougher here going against the Bills and and Josh Allen, who has also done a really nice job at avoiding sacks. Okay, now I can talk about the Buffalo Bills um, and start with uh, their linebackers as well. Terrell Bernard, LB13 for me this week. The Eagles giving up the 18th most tackles to the linebacker position. Bernard is the lone every down linebacker for the Buffalo Bills, um, while Tyrell Dodson, LB57, he's playing around that 60 to 70% of snap range. The Bills are playing way more dime personnel um, than they're probably comfortable with, way out of their norm. Um, as far as that personnel goes, they've typically been a two-linebacker team, but we've seen them kind of shift in a different direction as they've lost options at the linebacker position. Um, it, it definitely happens, and sometimes you have to adjust based on available personnel. So Terrell Bernard, really the only one worth starting in IDP leagues. Um, the Eagles also given up the most tackles to the safety position. So like that quite a bit for somebody like Jordan Poyer, for example, he's safety eight for me this week. Um, we'll see if Micah Hyde plays. He's questionable. Taylor Rapp questionable. Teron Johnson also questionable at corner. He's dealing with the concussion. He, we saw him actually, he got in the ambulance, I believe, um, last week. So I, I doubt we see Teron Johnson this week. Um, and then what I said about the Buffalo Bills defensive line earlier between Gregory Rousseau and, and Ed Oliver, those are really, uh, and Leonard Floyd, really the only guys worth considering, but not the best matchup here against a very good uh, uh, Philadelphia Eagles defensive line. All right, little water break there. Good to go again. 
Um, and let's talk about Sunday night football. It is Derwin James versus Kyle Hamilton. This is the real matchup. You can forget about uh, Lamar Jackson versus Justin Herbert, the, the things that people are going to be tuning in here for. Derwin versus Kyle Hamilton, obviously. So uh, let's start with, uh, yeah, let's start with the Chargers IDPs then because we're talking about Derwin and, and Kyle Hamilton. Um, and we'll start with the safety. The, the, the Ravens are giving up the third most tackles to the safety position this year. Um, Derwin James doesn't leave the safety one spot in my rankings anyways, but again, this is a great matchup for him. Um, the, the Ravens are also giving up the third most tackles to the linebacker position. So Kenneth Murray, LB20 for me this week. He's the lone every down linebacker for the Chargers. Um, Eric Hendricks not playing every down, um, but it is a, de a decent matchup for him. So you're looking for like a linebacker streamer this week that might be available. He, he could be a potential option, but again, every team playing this week, it, 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 there's, there's a lot of options to kind of consider out there. Um, the Ravens aren't giving up much tackles to the cornerback position. Guys like Asante Samuel kind of hurt from that, especially uh, Michael Davis as well, who's had up and down playing time. And then as for pass rushers and their defensive line, Joey Bosa lands on injured reserve today, actually, um, dealing with that was a foot or ankle injury that took him out very early in last game. So it's really Khalil Mack and, and Tuli Tui Pelotu that you're really interested in here. Um, not the most amazing tack, uh, uh, matchup here going against the Baltimore Ravens strong offensive line, but Lamar Jackson at least does have a tendency um, to take some sacks, but they're not surprisingly for a run heavy team. They're not giving up a ton of tackles to the defensive line position 21st most. So below average there. Um, and then on the Ravens IDP side of things, uh, the Los Angeles Chargers are actually giving up the fewest tackles to the linebacker position this season. So this is not me telling you to sit Roquan Smith. You, you just don't do that. He's been too good, too efficient to, to ever sit. To, he's, again, one of those matchup proof players. So He's still LB4 for me this week, um, just a little bit away from his you know, typical LB1 or LB2, still in that top five range. It's not anything to be concerned about. Patrick Queen could be a tougher matchup for somebody like him, right? So he's LB28 for me this week. I know Patrick Queen has been an amazing IDP this year, but really has done it based on uh, volume uh, of snaps that he's played. And he's also got four sacks on the year, which has really helped, but... He's actually been a below average tackler, um, which I don't think people realize 11.9% tackle efficiency for Patrick Queen, which again, it, it's below that 13.4% average where somebody like Roquan Smith, 16.8%. So I think that's either second or third uh, behind Zaire Franklin is number one, but Roquan Smith just behind him there, 16.8%, really, really strong tackle number. So that's why he's a, such a matchup proof option. Whereas somebody like Patrick Queen, as well as he's played this year and as good of an IDP as he's been, um, it could be hurt by this matchup against uh, the Chargers giving up, again, the fewest tackles to the position. Uh, and then we got Kyle Hamilton, mentioned him. Uh, the Chargers giving up the 12th most tackles to the safety position. Really like Kyle Hamilton again this week. Safety six for me. We've seen him play a little bit more of that slot role recently, um, which could be nice, especially going up against uh, Keenan Allen, who is, a again, a slot-heavy wide receiver and somebody that is going to be the clear favorite target for Justin Herbert and that Chargers passing offense. Um, Chargers also giving up the second most tackles to the cornerback position. So. It's possible 
that we see Marlon Humphrey back this week. I think uh, the way Jim Harbaugh described it was uh, he's hopeful that um, Marlon Humphrey will be back this week. So if he is, it's a really nice matchup for him to have some potential production there. Brandon Stevens as well. I know we liked him last week too, but he didn't deliver. But again, Joe Burrow got hurt in that game. So really kind of threw off the Bengals offense. So like this for a nice bounce back spot for somebody like Brandon Stevens in those CB required leagues as well. Um, the only other matchup that I wanted to focus on here for the Ravens was Odafe Owe, who's playing amazing this year, draws a very, very difficult matchup against Rashawn Slater and Justin Herbert, who doesn't take up a lot of sacks. But um, Rashawn Slater, 82.8 pass blocking grade on the year, tied for sixth best among offensive tackles. He's only given up one sack all year. But yeah, Odafe Owe, he's been awesome this year. We've been able to start him. I don't know that I'm necessarily starting him this week. He's more in the edge three range for me. Um, despite him having a career year, 80.5 pass rush grade, 19.4% pressure rate, 18.8% win rate. Those are really top 15 marks across the board uh, for Odafe Owe. So uh, just this week, it makes it a little bit tougher um, to trust them given the matchup. All right, Monday night football. Uh, we made it here. Chicago Bears at the Minnesota Vikings. And I will start with the Minnesota Vikings IDPs because why not talk about Ivan Pace uh, when given the chance? And Ivan Pace season is continuing here because he has been um, anointed as the, the LB1 here in Minnesota. Now that, um, not anointed, but he, he kind of fell into it by default, thanks to the Jordan Hicks injury. But um, we'll, we'll frame this however we want here for Ivan Pace stands. But I got him as LB16 this week. Um, he played his first 100% snap game in the NFL this past week, delivered a really productive showing, which included uh, an elite 18.2% tackle efficiency. Um, the, the Vikings are the sixth most zone heavy defense in the NFL. You pair that with his every down role. It gives him a nice boost for IDP production, which is why we've seen Jordan Hicks was delivering at a top 12 rate as well. Um, again, strong matchup here uh, against the Bears who uh, are coming off a game where they actually gave up 31 total tackles to the linebacker position and over the last three are averaging 20.7 tackles per game to the linebacker position, which is among the highest marks in the league, obviously. So really like this for, for Ivan Pace, who is the lone every down linebacker on Minnesota. There isn't really another option worth considering. So things are lining up perfectly here for a really strong Ivan pace week. I know, you know, if you look at the, the overall numbers on the year for Chicago, what they've given to the linebacker position, it's about average um, to slightly below average, but over the last three games is where we're really seeing a nice um, jump in that, in that regard. And it's, it's a, it's a really great matchup here for Ivan pace to take advantage of. Um, the Bears are also giving up the 23rd most tackles to the safety position. It's always tough with the Minnesota safeties. There's three of them that are playing in every down role. They've all been really good. So it's hard to rank these guys. I basically have done it by their tackle efficiency and how good they've been in that regard. So Cameron Bynum is safety 13 for me tackle efficiency of 11.9%. Then it's Josh Metellus at safety 15. He's got a 10% tackle efficiency, which puts Harrison Smith a little bit on the, the lower end um, this weekend in a non-favorable matchup. He's safety 27. He, he has an 8.6% tackle efficiency, right? So lowest of the group. And, and again, not a favorable matchup. So if I had to put them in an order, it's Bynum, Metellus, and then Smith this week. 
Uh, Bears giving up the seventh most tackles to the cornerback position. So Byron Murphy is my highest um, ranked Minnesota cornerback uh, at CB19. Uh, and then they're also giving up the eighth most tackles to the defensive line position. So guys like Daniel Hunter, DJ Wanham, Harrison Phillips, who play a lot of snaps, um, are in a nice spot there. So Hunter's edge six. Wanham edge 39. I, I know he's had gotten sacks. I don't trust the pass rush metrics for him. He's been really inconsistent. We've seen this before it, the past couple of years um, with DJ Wanham, where he's a you know hot waiver wire target because he gets some sacks, but then just can't keep it going throughout the rest of the season. And Harrison Phillips as well, DT 17 for me this week in that edge two kind of or DT two kind of range, um, just because he's been such a tackle monster and playing such uh, such a high rate of snaps. All right, last team of the week is the Chicago Bears. The Minnesota Vikings are allowing the sixth most tackles to the linebacker position. TJ Edwards has been unreal this year. He's LB2 for me this week. It's He's not leaving anybody's lineups. The only question I think is Tremaine Edmonds. So Edmonds is LB22 for me this week. Obviously draws the great matchup um, against the Vikings along with, with Edwards, but for Edmonds, you know, I think there is maybe slight concern of him being eased back into action coming off the injury, um, which we did see last week. So he played 66% of the team's defensive snaps in week 11 after missing two straight games, um, which has been a, the case for a lot of players coming off injury this year. These guys getting kind of eased back in. So I, I'd imagine his snaps increase this week, giving him some more time to get healthy and, and things like that. So that's why he's still in that LB22 range for me, but definitely something to at least be aware of, especially for Jack Sanborn managers. I know, you know, he had the, the productive game in week 11, even got a sack in there. So um, you got to expect Jack Sanborn's playing time to come down as Tremaine Edmonds playing time goes up. Right. So I think we could expect to see that this week. Um other than that, Jaquan Brisker safety for uh, it's a you know slightly below average matchup for for safeties, but um, Jaquan Brisker has been been great. Um, cornerback Kyler Gordon CB four another guy who's been really good at for his position at, for IDP production. Um, the Vikings giving up the eleventh most tackles to the cornerback position, and then the last player worth talking about is Montez Sweat. So uh, don't love Montez sweat this week basically edge 32 for me this week going up against brian o'neill at right tackle i believe it is uh who has a 75.9 pass blocking grade on the year 19th among offensive tackles um and josh dobbs despite having one of the highest times to throw in the league he's been really great at avoiding sacks um i think top five or, or at least top 10 in that regard so uh, not a great matchup for Montez sweat and he's really the only Bears defensive line that that we can really consider here. All right, um, that will wrap us up under two hours, um, which is you know not bad. I, I know I had to go solo there and kind of speed along things, so hopefully um, people didn't mind that. And and I, you know it's hard. Obviously, we got um, the uh, the Thanksgiving this week, so um, appreciate Justin coming on here and and giving up some of his time so that we can go over these games. Um, as a Canadian, I don't have the same um, <laughs> uh, constraints here for time. It's not Thanksgiving for me, but I, I do appreciate anybody that's able to listen and tune in this Thanksgiving weekend. I, I thank you all very much. Um, don't forget to like and subscribe to the PFF Fantasy YouTube channel as well. It helps a ton. But um, yeah, again, thank you to Justin too. Again, you can find his work on fantasypoints.com and at down with IDP on Twitter as well. Uh, for me, 
Uh, we got the IDP fantasy report up on pff.com this week. That's free. We'll have the IDP rankings up in the episode description and on the website as well. Thursday morning, uh, along with the wide receiver cornerback man zone coverage report and the offensive line, defensive line uh, matchups to target and avoid as well. So again, Thank you to anybody that watched this um, during the Thanksgiving weekend. I understand it's a busy time with holidays. So I uh, appreciate you all tuning in. Um, have a very happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy the games this weekend. We got four of them from Thursday to Friday, which is fun. Um, enjoy the turkey as well. And until next time, peace out.